0: Eleven o'clock comics, episode fifty nine.
1: <laughs> <Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. laughs>
2: That was
0: not stepped on. No, that was not stepped on. It was a good, good, strong woohoo. And, and yes, it, it, it was the best woohoo ever, I think. It was.
3: Oh, good. So then I can phone it in for the yeah. rest and you can just keep
2: using this one.
0: No, it's not happening. Uh, but, right. but in case we ever change the format of the opening, because I'm getting a little bored with saying, you know, 11 o'clock, blah, 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 and then you do the woohoo, we, in case I ever want to use the sound clip, We'll just start off with your woohoo. So we will always retain the woohoo. It's it's a thumbprint of the
3: show. We need it. So when we or get those DNA. shirts made up, it, that'll that'll be my part on the back of the T-shirt. Yes, you and it'll be some three-syllable
2: word.
0: No, you <laughs> are the Dinty Moore of Eleven O'clock Comics because your thumbprint is on every can. How about that?
2: Someone call us <laughs> the, the the thumbprint. Someone call it the butt print.
0: <laughs> That's right. Hey guys.
2: Uh, Shalom.
0: Eleven o'clock comics, and guess what? This landmark episode is brought to you by DCBS Discount Comic Book Service. Yes, we do have a sponsor now. How about that?
3: That's a woo
0: yep. Oh
2: shit! Fuck. We're a bunch. Of sellouts.
3: We're all grown
0: up. No, no, no. We are we are not sellouts because I have held off. Not I, but. I have held you guys off because I never moved on this because I feel so... You guys know how I feel about DCBS. I feel so strongly about their service. I love it. And I thought it was just the right thing to do to keep dropping their their name, their service in every show because they do provide what I think mm-hmm. is the best friggin' service around. I, I,
2: well, I, I guess, can- Yes. Cameras. Cameron's practically family at this point to all the yeah, podcasts sure. that he helps support. Honest, honest <laughs> to God.
0: But I didn't want to take advantage of his generosity because he was giving me wonderful service and books at a discount that I cannot find anywhere else. So I thought it was the only right thing to do would give him something back and keep mentioning his service. And let other people know about how great it is. Marvel DC, 40% off. Where are you going to get that? Marvel, what else? I, image is 40% off. A lot of Dark Horse are 35 to 40 percent off you got your independence anywhere between 35 30 percent off and that's not the only good thing about them they will run specials every once in a while every month actually uh books up to 50 to 75 percent off they're the best and they are a sponsor now so that's big hug
2: and don't forget about their uh their sister company and stock trades
0: that's right that sponsors that what was that other show that they sponsor something about Upside-down comics in... Yeah, what? something like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> around a- comics. a whole a- C- a- 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 comics. No, no. So if you're looking to... Um, I know f- Tim's going to kill me, but if you're looking to break away from a bad comic book shop or you just like friggin' big discounts on comics, go to dcbservice.com. dcbservice, one word, dot com. Check them out. Get your books from them because they are the best. How about yeah. that? They are the best. And I, I am Vince B.,
2: and I oh I'm Christopher Neiman.
0: <laughs> you sure? True that. I'm David
2: Price. And I'm Bob Woodward.
0: No, you're not. You're Jason Wood. Bob who?
2: Woodward. Woodward and Bernstein. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Come on, Vince. Jeez, I thought you it would. Win have it, an Vince, ultra- come on. Yeah. All the presidents. That that that's the one with Woodward and Bernstein, Woodward right? I'm not and Bernstein.
0: Yeah, great movie. I just didn't make the connection. I'd be stupid.
2: Deep throat. Yes, come on.
0: Well, David's in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's going to be one of those nights, David. Yes, Vincent. <laughs> David's
4: been
3: feisty uh, the last few days. On
0: the yeah, he 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 brings really? it on the he brings it on the Twitter, brings it on the forum, and then when it's time to record, he don't bring it. Come on, when David. On, what are you
3: talking about? Yeah, all right, yeah, because no one's ever talked about those little remarks I'll throw in, and you guys just end up catching when you end up. <laughs> you're so
0: you're smooth and subtle,
2: smooth like x lax
3: That's
0: right, and kind of cute. I. Kinda. I'm drinking black and tan, so we can move on.
2: Wow, hearing him stepping all over my part? Seriously. No, I'm not
0: stepping on you. Chris, you know Damn, what okay, I'm drinking? No,
2: no, this, this is about expediency. Wood, go. <laughs> I'm drinking Red Bull and vodka. What? David, go. <laughs> 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 so funny. The, the, uh... <laughs> Wait, time
4: out. Time out. What's so funny?
3: <laughs> it's just like speed uh, roll call now. Oh, okay. Just okay. to see how fast we can do it. <laughs> uh, lo- Long Island, Ice eh, steak.
2: Nice. And, uh, I'm drinking the king. It's uh back to basics tonight. It's uh, just me and a Budweiser and a big old stack of comics. All right.
0: Oh, Budweiser. That gives me the squirts when I drink that. <laughs> is that is that a a, a common thing? Because I've heard uh, a couple other people say that Budweiser gives them the mud butt.
2: Yeah, m- mostly uh, <laughs> mostly uh, pussy yangling drinkers. Oh. That. I don't I
0: don't understand what that means. What what's pussy yingling? Oh, I get it. King of beers baby Yingling oh. They're going to be our next sponsor
4: Oh I would be so unbelievably giddy That would be
0: awesome Alright this weekend what do we got coming up New York uh, City c- uh, Yes New oh, York City uh, The
2: uh, printer's row book fair What's that uh I am going to if you're in the Chicago area, the Printers Row Book Fair is uh old school uh book fair. It's been around forever here in the Chicago area. There's a uh an area in Chicago that's called Printers Row. A lot of publishing old school uh printers and then the 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 area's kind of evolved and changed over the years, but they still have a, a Kickass book fair and there's uh a couple interesting guests talking there uh this week. Um uh, Chip Kidd. Ooh. Mm. Chris Ware. Get out. And, uh, oh gosh, who's the other guy? Oh, yeah, Neil Gaiman. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you guys doing this weekend? Oh, uh,
0: I, I see, I trump ya. you. May, you may not think so, but I think I trump you.
2: Trump, oh, yeah, Trump, I, my I think so. yeah.
0: Mocha, baby. Yeah, Mocha's the, awesome. The Museum of Comic Art. Is it that? Museum of Comic and Comic? Whatever. American Cartoon. Yeah. Or? It's Mocha, I'm, and I'm, it's great, and it's this Saturday and Sunday, New York City. I will be Indian? going, and I have a plan. You want to hear yeah. what my plan is? I'm bringing a brand new Sharpie. Oh, And, wow. and, and I'm going to go up to Mr. Gary Panter, second wow. most influential comic book artist in the history of the medium, and have him, <laughs> listen, I'm going to have him draw a Jimbo head on my forearm in Sharpie. No way. And Sunday, no I'm, go- I'm going to the local tattoo parlor, and I'm oh going to have that God. baby no inked. No way, dude. Yes. Really? I'm going to have a. Well, I mean, if he agrees to it, why not? I'll pay him. I'll say, hey, I'll pay you for a sketch. Just do it on my arm, and I will have a Gary Panner tattoo. How cool is that?
2: Do me a favor. Mm. Uh, um, You have to have someone taking pictures while that. You have to. I mean, you have to authenticate that. You don't want that moment to to be just you know committed to memory. You, no. you need to show. You need to show people pictures of Gary Panner actually doing it. Um, otherwise, no one will believe you because frankly, anybody could draw Jimbo.
0: Be that as it may, uh, I'm taking my daughter with me, Nina. Okay. So I'll have her take pictures, and Marty's coming, and hopefully Mike's coming. But uh, Nina wants to get. I told her about my desire to get. Uh, Gary Panner to draw on my arm she said oh do you think I can get Andy Runtin to draw on me and and I said yeah that would be the best thing for me to do to bring you home with an owly tramp stamp on on your back Jesus Christ
2: (laughs) is Andy Runtin going to be there?
0: I hope so I think he is yeah yeah, he's there every year, and, uh, she has a big, uh, love for James Kachalka, too. She loves the Johnny Boo stuff, so. Really? That's, yeah.
2: man, you are, you are, and I'm sorry about the Panner, uh, joke. No,
0: I know you're busting balls. It's,
2: no, Panner, Panner's awesome, but, yeah, that Mocha Fest, I believe me, I wish that, that, uh, that they had something similar to that here in Chicago. I mean, we, with Windy City, we're trying to do something in between that and mainstream, but, but Mocha is it, really a unique, show out there and I think mm-hmm. uh, New York might be the only place in the, in the world that you could really have that show it's, it's everything I've ever heard about Mocha is that it is just a, a fantastic time.
0: Dan Nadell Frank Santoro and all the Picture Box guys are going to be there. There's going to be a lot of diverse talents there. There's sections for children Andy Runton and the Top Shelf guys Johnny Boo, uh, Kachalka is going to be there and you know it just spans the gamut uh, I love Mocha so I'll be there on Saturday What's not to love? Absolutely nothing.
2: You know, I think um, Titan Books sent us something today, and they're doing some stuff at MoCA. I'll have to, uh, I'll put it on the uh, the events section over AC and and put a, a thread about it at uh, um, at the eleven o'clock forums. But uh, uh, Titan Books, have you seen the Jack Kirby Joe Simon book that they just did?
0: Yes, it's really beautiful.
2: It's really nice, really they, nice. So. They sent you that? Maybe.
0: Oh, <laughs> see, now you trump me. We will going back and forth now. Oh, boy. <laughs>
4: David and I going to get in the actor soon.
0: Well, you guys can go to Mocha.
4: Uh, I would love to, but I, I can't this weekend.
0: Oh, so, David?
3: Same here, man. Jeebus.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna take, I'll take a lot of pictures. Please do, especially oh, if you get so? this tat. That's I'm getting, the t- I'm getting the tat, man. Nice. Gary Pan. Because that's the thing. I always said I always wanted a tattoo, but if I didn't feel comfortable having someone... Uh, not to pump myself up, but if I can draw better than the person that's doing my tattoo, uh, you know, I'm not going to look at that for the rest of my life. I cannot draw better than Gary Panner. I can't. So I will immortalize my love for the man on my arm. Who knows? He may not even want to do it. Maybe he will be uncomfortable. I'm Who not, knows? You do it. Yeah,
2: he might know. think that it's a little fucking weird, Vince, and I'm not going to say that he's wrong.
0: Well, it's cool. This is
2: Gary Panter, though. I, mean, I say,
0: but and then you know what I'll do? I'll pull out all my my uh, many sketches and signatures that he's already done for me, and say, "Look, dude, I love you. I need you on my arm." <laughs> that's right. Nice. But uh, you know what? I want to play a voicemail before we get into this. Do it. Just so you guys can, because we never really respond to these things, but I think this one needs to be responded to, and you'll you'll find out why yeah, after you, you get listen to it. pulled out? Uh, a little bit. So, you know, let's listen to this, and then we'll come back and and comment on it. And uh, I've instituted a brand-new 11 o'clock word, an action word, in uh, response to this phone call. So let's listen to it.
5: Hey there. It's Logan from Regina, Saskatchewan. Yes, it does sound like the female body part. Just listening to your recent podcast here, and
6: uh, what the fuck? You guys, you know, hey, do you got this? Have you read this book?
0: Oh, I got the fucking trade, but I haven't read it yet. What the hell are you doing? Like, you buy a trade to have it sit on your shelf and just sit there? Read
6: the fucking books. I mean, what what the... Pass it on if you're not going to read the fucking thing. Books are meant to be read. They're not meant to sit there. If you buy the fucking book, read the fucking book. Jesus. (laughs)
0: All I have to say in response to Mr. Logan is it must be really nice to live alone on that island and, and, and have all those books flown in by Chopper, uh, and had nothing else to do all day long but read comic books. So from here on out, anymore, just for Mr. Logan, we will not say I didn't get around to reading that yet. We're going to shorten it. A little bit of 11 o'clock shorthand. We're just going to mm-hmm. say, Regina." Somebody says, "Hey, did you get Batman and Robin number one <laughs> today?" We just say, "Regina," which which means Regina. Ooh, Regina. We have it. We haven't gotten around to listening to it. Regina sends it all, doesn't it, Chris? I love it.
2: Well, first of all, I'm skeptical of anyone from Canada named Logan. <laughs> Fair that, point. That that to, that to begin with, not not to I mean, just being from Canada, period. Um, but but a Canadian named Logan is, is a bad sign. um First of all, we record this on Wednesday, so most of us, well, most. How many of you guys actually go to the comic shop on Wednesday? Me, I do not.
0: Nope. So that's okay, one, so, two.
2: So yeah, so one and a half. Because Vince doesn't even get all of his books at the comic no, shop. No, you're right. I'm the only I am The only one of us that goes to the comic shop, and that's where I get all of my single issues, so we normally haven't had time to read more than one or two comics, and yeah, I mean, we all buy a lot of comics, so I think we're all excited about getting to stuff, and we don't always have time to read. I'm super excited. I'm reading uh, some Hellblazer for the very first time that uh, um, Jeff Lemire, a Canadian that you can trust, (laughs) uh, uh, suggested to me, and I'm only like an issue in to the trade and i would love to talk about some hellblazer but i haven't read the entire book and yeah i got i got i got stacks of stuff in my to read pile so you regina, know Regina.
0: that's all, yeah. all you gotta say regina
2: my, my, my regina pile so. exactly this is sick i was thinking about it today and i actually <laughs> kind of made myself sick about it. i probably read six comics a day on average
0: plus one for the hundred bullets
2: yeah, well, you know, that's, that's yeah, that's one, and I'm usually, will read three or four at night, I'll read one at work, I probably, re- and with the various trades, I probably read six comics a day, quite honestly, it's too fucking many, because I can't yeah. remember everything that's going on, I should probably only read a comic or two a day, but I don't know, because of doing what we do and as passionate as we are about it and I've got this ridiculous um, obsessive compulsive need to read a bunch of stuff like from the history of comics to try and Mm. catch up to stuff and just stay current, I went to the comic store today and bought, there was like 18 fucking comics today and just because it's all good stuff so yeah, yeah, I'm fuck you logan i read no them. no no <laughs> no they... logan logan can say fuck we can't say fuck uh,
0: i guess you told, know what he, i mean
2: he was like what the fuck you got to read these book you don't read them i'm like no fuck you i read plenty of collecting comics don't you know see <laughs> it's well, that well, yeah, We're it's going a, down a road but i didn't want to go down
0: no no it's a karma thing you know what i mean you be sure, the, be sure. the, be, the, be the bigger dude just I, say I feel, just I just bring out into. i can't read everything i have <laughs> and and yeah and like chris said i don't get the majority of my books on wednesday they come dcbs who is our sponsor so
4: well there's other considerations <laughs> too i mean if you go to a con or you take advantage of something like the uh you know the things from another world sale we talked about a few weeks ago right. or you go to a, you know wild pig sale or you're going to moca you know there's going to be deals and comics and trades he was you know ranting about trades trades are expensive so there are lots of times when i'll see a trade for 50% off and Say, damn! I I want to read this eventually. I don't want to spend full price, so let me buy it now, and I'll read it. You know, when the mood strikes me. So I don't. Right. I mean, I I I didn't quite even get the point of the rant. Of course, comics are meant to be read. It'd be silly to buy books of any kind and, and not intend to read them. But I mean, who doesn't have a backlog?
0: I can stop buying new books today and still never read all the unread comics I have Same in the here. rest of my. Yeah. Actor. I mean,
4: I was talking about that with my wife. You know, with you know that if I lost my job and uh you know I had to give up buying comics because she was likes to rip me about how much I spent I mean I like you Vince I I I would I probably have a decade's worth of reading in 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 my possession right now if I just it's
2: funny I had the same conversation with my wife except it was more like whenever you graduate from school and then I immediately (laughs) retire and you support me I'll have so much free time to read all these comics (laughs) dude
0: that's so what I did but I'm not retired (laughs) But you know, because she's in the medical field, she makes a hell of a lot
2: more money than I
0: do. And, and I was coasting there for a while. I said, this is awesome, but
4: well, you, you are a migrant worker, Vince. For those she made don't she know.
0: made me go <laughs> she made me go back to work. Yeah, but they uh, fired me because I kept wiping my butt and using that hand to pick the beans.
2: No, I mean, I mean, you you have I imagine tons of backlog of comics that you either haven't read or, in my case, a lot of stuff I'd like to reread. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: Wood Wood said something about uh trade and hardcovers are expensive. They are. Uh, un- unless you live in Pennsylvania. I got a major deal today. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. I got $5 hard I don't know if you saw the thread. <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus. Uh,
0: I got $5 hardcovers. I got Avengers Mightiest Worlds Mightiest Heroes the uh, Scott Cohen's hardcover 5 bucks. I got the second Avengers Mightiest Heroes. I got Mystic Arcana uh, Marvel Monsters and Marvel Westerns. Five bucks a piece, and they're still sealed.
4: Where,
2: though? Where uh, did
0: you? In my local comic shop.
2: Yeah. Uh, the, Marvel, for you. the Marvel Westerns, is that the one with the, the gay two gun kid? Or I don't high know.
0: High. I, I didn't open it up, but it, it has an Eric Powell cover, <sighs> the, as, do, as does the Marvel Monsters.
2: Seriously, isn't that the one where they, they had the. I don't know if they. No, they that, was, that,
3: that was a separate four issue miniseries. This was, okay. I think, uh, a bunch of one shots that came out a few years ago.
0: Drawn by who? One of the greatest. Bet- uh, I
3: want to I want to say, Eric Powell. I think he at least does a cover.
0: No, uh, Severin drew
2: the the Rawhide Kid one. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who
2: wrote it? Oh, gee, I well, know. Yeah, not not Two Gun Kid. It was the Rawhide Kid, right? Rawhide Kid. Right. Rawhide, yeah.
0: Who who wrote it? Um, it was a TV dude, wasn't it?
3: Oh, Robert Rody No, I believe I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was Enos.
0: I don't think so. No. You want want to check it before we? Uh- all right. All right.
2: Someone will correct us. Probably yes. someone from Canada. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, now i got to leave that in. I can't edit that part out because you right. made it funny. Since, A good since funny. Since we're making
4: fun of Canadians, let's take this opportunity to uh, throw some karma up to the Great White North by mentioning that uh, Jeff Lemire's uh, much-anticipated uh, Essex County uh, collected uh, volume is solicited in this month's preview. So. Oh, I know. For those of you bustas that haven't read it yet, you have two choices. You can get the hardcover or the softcover. Go out and buy it.
2: Man, I've got all the regular ones. I know, me too. But I'm going to buy the hardcover just because. Yeah,
0: it's but there's working. extra stuff in this.
2: Yeah, I know. I well, I know that 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 Jeff would put extra stuff in there because he's going to make me give away the three <laughs> volumes to people that need to read it, and so I'll have to end up getting the, the hardcover.
0: I don't know which one to pick because I I lean more towards hardcovers, but both of the covers are really sharp. I I don't I know. know what to do. I'm hoping yeah, that the the cover of the soft cover is included somewhere in the hardcover. That would be nice. Yeah. That way, I can have both of them. May
2: just buy it directly from him in September
0: at the Windy City Why, Show.
2: Yeah, when are you going to see him in September, Chris? For what? September nineteenth, Windy City <laughs> Comic Con. <laughs> oh. And I was thrilled that he's come back. Just a a peach of a guy, and uh, can't wait to can't wait to see him again. So really thrilled that he's come back.
6: Hey, this is Daryl. Um, I just wanted to talk about the East Coast Black Age of Comics Convention that it was uh last week and uh me and the crew from the Fixes Hideout podcast we went there and it was i really really enjoyed it they had Eric Battle who is a artist who's been in, working in DC and Marvel right now he's currently drawing the uh, Marvel 2099 mini um we have Aaron Beatty, who he worked at DC at Milestone. Um, they had an author by the name of uh, La Banks. She she does these, uh writer of the uh, Vampire Huntress series, which is a really good series. If you like horror, you like vampires, you you like that mythos. It is a good series. If you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you'll like these books. Um. You also had uh Percy Carey who he's also an author and I mean it, it we had they even had Isabella well Tony Isabella who's the creator will help to create Black Lightning. I mean and they had Jamal Eigel and you know, it it was just a fun time. You know, they had Kevin Grievous and uh, many others. It was just good to be able to see new artists coming in who are trying to get their foot in the door. And, I mean, they have some beautiful art there and uh, their own comics, you know, independent work. So it, it was just a good time. So that's it. Later. <coughs> Fuck it. Right, this, is this is the rundown with Xavier because uh Woody kind of messed up some of the storyline. When Xavier went in the Macron Crystal, he fought the Kent. The Macron Crystal felt something was wrong with Xavier and it healed him by meaning it healed him by giving back his mutant telepathy powers. When they got out of the thing, half the team stayed, havoc and... Rachel, they stayed to get revenge on Vulcan, and Hepzva, and the rest of them went back. Now, we go into Messiah Complex, where the tried to help Cable get the baby away. At the end of that, Bishop shoots, tries to shoot Cable. He disappears into the time stream with the baby. And the baby, I mean, and then the bullet hits Xavier in the head. Now, Exodus takes the body and his eikolots, and he he rebuilds Xavier's mind, but not all his memories. So they, the quest in the legacy in the beginning is to get Xavier's memories back. And that's what the legacy stuff is. So, all right, that's it. Later. <coughs> Fuck it. again. Um, well, I didn't like the the Hulk, the Red Hulk arc and that trade that I read, but the next trade after that that I read, I really enjoyed, which was The Secret Invasion and in Humans trade, and it was written by Joe Bukowski and drawn by Tom Rainey, and it was just... Beautiful, I mean, Scott Hanner was the Inker, and uh girl fX was the colorist and it was just beautiful, beautifully drawn it this was the best in human writing that I've read in a long time. I mean better than the Paul Jenkins one, I think that he captured what makes the humans what they are, and this set the stage for the War of Kings that's going on right now. I mean, it it was it shows how deadly the humans are, and how Medusa, the love that Medusa has for Black Bolt and what, and the love that Black Bolt has for Medusa, it was just it was just great to see that, and you know, for a while, Inhumans humans was just like a one-note type of character, but it just. Right now the writing that's been going on with this with this family it's just been great. It's been awesome. So I think they do Jack Kirby proud. So that's all I gotta say for that. So later.
2: And awesome, awesome sketches. If there are Kirby fans out there, he does the best convention sketches of classic Kirby characters, especially like Fourth World folks. He just nails those characters. If you're a fan of those, so check them out.
0: What you there has, There's someone who's not a fan of those. I can well, I mean, believe there are it.
2: people that are in particular fans of oh, Graham Morrison. That's right. Speaking of, yep. Did you guys, did you guys pick it up today?
0: Bought it. Yes, I did. Batman and Robin a, number one. Can
2: uh, well, well, you no, read it,
0: Regina?
3: <laughs> Actually, we, <laughs> nice. we, we we received an email about that particular issue today. Oh, we did. Oh yeah. Yes, friend from <laughs> Grant Morrison. <laughs> no, no, because I can read this. This is
4: from
2: Snap a Snap
3: Snap. This uh, this is from Julian Lytle.
2: Is this nice. gonna piss me off? No. Uh, no, Julian uh, loved it, right? What
3: doesn't piss you off, dude? Uh, <laughs> so true.
2: And I like <laughs> Julian. But- Read carefully there, Mr. Here, is, here is the email.
3: <laughs> my friends, I implore you to read this awesome comic book. See, when uh, I open the book, yeah. I instantly hear Sucker MCs as the new dynamic duo chase down a new baddie in a flying whip. That's a car, Vince, in Gotham. Richard Grayson <laughs> is looking fly and being that dude. Alfred is chefing up marvelous sandwiches. Robin is being a little hard-ass, and in my head I hear a snotty British accent. The new baddies are crazy looking, they get prodigy as theme music, You Firestarter quietly is on the ball with this one, drawing sound effects, great panel passing and flow, perfect facial expressions and everything. All that and I get a punch in the face, bam! I tried to do it, I'm not going to do up to this. It's, it's hard, I, it's I, hard I, I, to <laughs> do it. I could deal with this for a long time, maybe we need multiple Earth books back. Give Bruce another Earth to be Batman on and let Superman visit him. P.S. And Naruto is the best superhero comic in the world. It had badass toads first.
2: Add me into the last sentence. I was going to say, I don't have to say anything else because Julian just nailed everything that I felt about this comic. It was, it. this is good comic book. And it is awesome. And then just... Edit, can you edit out that last sentence of his
0: no because I, I while I don't exactly agree with him that Naruto is the best superhero comic I gotta say I took his advice and I read some of that stuff it's really good right, Don't go, yeah <laughs> no I'm not going to get into it because I haven't read a whole lot of it I I've, I've only, can only speak about you know maybe a couple hundred pages but what I did read was really well done Really, if if and if anyone has seen the cartoon and has not read the manga, don't go by the cartoon because the cartoon's poop. The manga's really good. That's all I want to say. Let's move.
3: Move it. Ron Zimmerman was the writer for a uh, Rod
0: Zimmerman. That's it. Howard Stern's buddy. And yeah, drawn by uh, John Severin, of course, the great John Severin. Indeedy. Yep. So let's do what we do and do what it. Do. Let's talk about some comics here. I'm excited. What are you reading? I don't want to go first. Let's let's have someone else.
4: I'm gonna make Vince happy.
0: You make me happy. The
4: of thy countenance. Oh yes, Alan Spoiling. Moore. Uh, Vince talked this up what, like a month ago, maybe. I don't yeah, know. A little bit
0: went. more. Yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 And I had been on the fence because it was written by Alan Moore. I hadn't. It seemed appealing. It was 48 pages. I said, like, eh, I don't know. But then Vince talked it up and he made it sound really cool. So I picked it up uh, and read it this week and. It was phenomenal. Hmm. It is, uh, for those who don't remember Vince talking about it, it, uh, it actually is, in 1994, Alan Moore wrote a series of poems and novellas. And this was a prose piece he wrote, basically about television becoming our new god, our religion. And he has been working with Anthony Johnston of Wasteland fame to adapt both this and a couple other of his prose pieces into uh, sequential form, and uh, this one was uh, illustrated by Felipe Massafera. Oh, he's sweet. And he is really—I mean, I—it's gorgeous, gorgeous painted stuff. But uh, but this is—you know—whereas like with Tom Strong that we talked about recently, you know, which is just good storytelling. I mean, this is really—you could tell this is an Alan Moore prose piece because uh, for as as amazing as the artwork is, and it's beautiful, and it, it helps further the story. This is a book that is to me, all about the words. And uh, as many of you know, I have a a penchant for sometimes liking the big words. And Alan Moore is one of those people that can use words that pretty much any human being on the earth needs to check a thesaurus for. (laughs) But he manages to do it in a way that it's pretty much poetry. It's it's just unbelievable. And so it's really a 48-page story that just... you know it was written in ninety four but it 's just as pertinent if not more pertinent today as, as the internet has taken over as much of our lives more than t v and it it basically just you know as a person who isn 't very religious it 's a fascinating look at, uh, at at you know the deification of things and and, and in this case how TV really does uh, control a huge chunk of 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 the lives of almost everybody on the earth really i mean Pretty much, almost everybody watches some measure of TV and spends a lot of their waking moments paying attention to television. And uh, and he does it in his own, you know, he 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 takes that and runs with it in a way that very few uh, comic authors could do. Um, so uh, if you know, I don't know that I could do it justice beyond that. There's just one, there's just one passage though that I think uh, I just wanted to read, Rich's. Um, it, I don't. The pages aren't numbered, so but it's it's you know he's talking about TV and he, and he it's it's, it's a, as though TV is God speaking to you. So that's kind of the, the the voices of television. It says, "But seventy a span no longer than immortal beings, and yet with more of this base subluminary sphere beneath my heel than ever Alexander risked to dream." Now that is obscenely beautiful writing. I mean, that's Robbie obscenely Toss. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yep. an un. And, and the book is full of things like that. But that, that one little blurb just blew me out of, of the you know, blew me out of the water as I read it. So um it's just a super cool book. Credit to Anthony Johnson because um I was reading I was fascinated by the fact that he was asked by Alan to do this, so I read about it and I guess he adapted something else for Alan a few years ago and they hit it off and so he's you know, Moore's given him a couple other works to do and I think there's there's even more coming down the pike, so um, highly, yeah. highly recommend this. What was I the love- other
2: one?
0: What was the
4: other one?
2: Uh, Johnson adapt or scripted for that?
0: Mm, I want to. S- didn't he? No, I don't know. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I have to look it
4: up. up. But it's uh This is by Avatar. It's a seven ninety nine cover price, so it's a little pricey, but it's it's well worth it. I think.
0: Yeah, I love the part when he he goes into Saint John and Kate and the eight little apostles. Oh, that's my favorite part.
4: Mm hmm. The, uh, I mean, of the <laughs> He's dragons. not getting it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: it's John and Kate, St. John, St.
4: Kate. That's too current pop culture for my taste, buddy. <laughs> but
0: but he, you he, you he brought he up been... Felipe Massafera, right? Mm-hmm, are, you, yeah. are you buying Rawbone? I'm not, no. Felipe did a cover, and this is the second issue? Oh, my God. It's a painting. There are mermaid Type creatures and a, and a dude underwater and it's painted from the perspective looking up at the at the top of the water phenomenal painting
2: nice the courtyard is the other one. Oh, okay mm, oh. thank you
4: this. who else but uh, Alan Moore could could work into something this serious cause it's a very serious piece it could work into this a two page treatise on uh, Fred Gwynn by the way which nice.
0: actually works yep. mm-hmm. so. I, I like the way he immortalizes the man literally. In saying that every instance of his life is still active because the transmissions are still going on, mm-hmm. so it's it's like the different chunks of Fred Gwynn still exist in this digital waveform, and they, they're just streaming out forever across the universe. That's that's Alan Moore. It's brilliance.
4: If people yes, often, if anyone out there, you know, is thinking to themselves, "What's the hype behind Alan Moore, and why is he really that different?" Well, this book is a good place to start because that'll. Yeah. You, if you read this and don 't realize that he's at a different level than most of the writers in the business then i don't I can't help you
0: well it it all depends on how much you're willing to into the work. you can read that superficially and not get a hell of a lot out of it You, you have to really try, and, you and, think, and, because
4: i I guess I would think that if you if you read that and weren't willing to really take apart the words, it would be probably completely unsatisfying
0: well that's what I mean some people don't take the necessary steps to understand the material they'll they'll gloss over a section just to proceed to the next section and not really grasp what's going on so if you're if you're giving it a cursory read you're not going to get because like you said every single word alan moore uses means something he chooses his words for a reason he doesn't throw any old you know oh yeah that'll fit there no he, he picks words as uh like a grocer would pick out the best, you know, vegetables in in the in the crop. That's Alan Moore. He he uses the best words to say what he wants to say and yeah, you you have to invest yourself in the work.
2: Absolutely. He's good. More he's, than good. No, yeah he's the greatest writer in the history of the medium. And, yeah, I, was, and I I will I will stand behind that statement. It's and I know that I I have a tendency of, of uh, a lot of uh, bringing a lot of hyperbole, but I'll stand behind that comment. He's he's the greatest writer in the history of the medium.
0: Yeah, see, I I can't say he's not, but then there are some days that I I'll read one of uh, Morrison's works, especially Invisibles, or you know, say uh, his Animal Man run, and I think you know this Morrison dude, he got he has a lot of the same qualities as Alan Moore, and he. Good. with, doesn't, with doesn't, one doesn't exception
2: doesn't have the volume of work that Alan Moore does well it's not about volume I, I
0: don't think Morrison is that concerned with the perfect word as much I as think that, Alan I Moore think
2: is that Alan Moore's worst is his light years better than Morrison's worst I would agree I think with that, that. I think that their highs are, are both just stratospheric highs but their lows I, I think that I think that Moore has had a, a much higher level of quality um, over the, the course of his work where, where Morrison has tripped a few times, and that's not to say that he's not a great writer, because I, you know, obviously I just uh, was talking about Batman and Robin, which is great superhero comics, and We 3 is fantastic, and Invisibles, you can just go on down the line, but yeah, he's had a few moments where it was like eh, you know what, he kind of, he forgot to entertain it He it, it kind of got too wrapped up into what he was doing and forgot that this is still supposed to be entertainment. And Alan Moore never, ever forgets that this is entertainment.
0: I think it's kind of hard to determine when you have writers of this level, their best and their worst. For me, anyway. Because to, to stack up, say, the filth against Animal Man, against... Uh, Sebastian O, which is probably my least favorite Grant Morrison work. When you look at uh, a work like that, and and all the the different uh, the many nuances that's in that work, and you, you you compare it to say something from someone else, it may be Morrison's worst, in my opinion. But damn, it's still light years ahead of a, the work of a lot of other guys. So it, it
2: oh sure. I, I have now, a hard I'm time not discounting the fact that that Morrison's one of the great modern. Creators in comics. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we're we're talking, you know, kind of, you know, Beatles and Rolling Stones. kind of thing. Right.
0: Don't forget The Who. They always get left out. I feel bad for Townsend.
2: Mm. (laughs) Marty
0: and I talk about this all the time. I think The Who got a raw deal. When you go back and look at it, and you had The Beatles, The Rolling Stones, and The Who, three of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, producing quality material simultaneously, a lot of the spotlight was shown on the the Stones and the Beatles, and sometimes they forget about The Who, but I think The Who can stand up to the best works of either of those oh, bands. Oh, absolutely.
2: I mean, the, more of a, yeah. uh, they, they were more high concept. and I mean, they were doing rock operas. And yeah. That's great. Really, dude, it's, Fish doing quarterfinia, amazing. And, oh, I'm uh, telling you. Uh, uh, the, did you see the new Smithereens record? There? Yeah, they
0: did Tommy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's great. I did you
0: see who did the cover? William Stout.
2: Yes. Yeah, have it right. it's,
0: it's a beautiful cover.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, I actually went to his website and he's done some cool comic stuff. It, it, the the cover for this uh, Smithereens Tommy album looks like an old EC comic. It's really cool. Yeah. So, and they did a great job of covering Tommy. I thought it was fantastic. So is anyway, that
0: live or is it studio?
2: <laughs> no, it's no, it's 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 all it's all studio.
1: Hey, it's can't from the forms, otherwise known as Matt. I picked up a bunch of uh, picture box related stuff a while back and man, I'm reading maggots and it's just blowing me away. Anybody who is into experimental fucked up shit needs to pick up Brian
6: Chippendale's maggots. Just mind blowing. Thank you, Vince. You rock. Bye.
0: I got something I want to push. Do it. I loved this book. I didn't like it. I'll I'll be the critic from from Ratatouille. I didn't like this comic. I loved it. Okay? (laughs) If I didn't love it, I wouldn't read it. A couple episodes back, I was talking about um, Dynamite's Masquerade comic, the female superhero from the Project Superpowers universe. (laughs) I really enjoyed that. So I was more inclined to try some of their other series. I bought all four issues of the Black Terror miniseries. Mm-hmm. It's four issues, three fifty a pop. The more I read of this Project Superpower stuff, the more I I'm just totally enchanted by it. Mm. I, I don't I don't know what it is. If it's the Golden Age characters in a Silver Age kind of storytelling vein, there's a lot of dialogue in these things uh, yeah, with so- with modern illustrative qualities, like a lot of the art has a little bit of uh, digital assistance to it, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you, it's just completely enveloping me. I want to read more of the Superpower stuff. Well, are um, plenty
4: more coming in the, in the next month or two.
0: I know, and I'm on board for all of it. I had to amend my DCBS order to include the, the second wave of the Superpower stuff, because this stuff is just so damn solid. In a nutshell, you don't have to have read the original seven-issue Project Superpower series. Because in the first issue of this Black Terror, they sum it up amazingly well. I I didn't read it, and I had no problem following where this stuff was going. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the plot, cover, and art direction is by Mr. Alex Ross. No surprise. The plot and script is by Jim Kruger, his buddy. Mm -hmm. Interior interior art by Mike Lilly. There's a name, if you've read Vampirella. Yeah, he popped up there. He did Nightwing. A okay. detective here and there um, color by Vinicus Andrade. how about that name Vinicus I shall call him Vinicus Magnificus because he's pretty good and uh, the letters are by Simon okay. Boland project superpowers in a nutshell a large group of Golden Age superheroes were trapped in an urn which is Pandora's box and they are freed I'm not gonna. I won't ruin it in case someone wants to read the Project Superpower series. But they're freed. So these these superheroes have been imprisoned for 50 years, rendering every one of them a Captain America. All of these guys are like Steve Rogers. They've been out of circulation for 50 years. They're in a world they have no idea what's going on. And um, sounds like 12. So there's that man out of. Yeah. Oh, I didn't read that. So, but Mm -hmm. oh, I'm sorry, Regina. Um, so, so they've been... Do you, do you have it? The 12? The 12? No, yeah. I was well, waiting then, for then the hardcover. Then, then it's not well,
3: Regina then. then. Well, I could you pretend. Don't? Okay.
0: Yeah. So th- so there's this man out of time element element with all these heroes. Um, and if you read Savage Dragon, there's a neat little twist on the way they were released that is a little bit different in the Savage Dragon universe, but mm-hmm. it's the same but different. And it's really cool. So all these heroes now exist to balance the corruption of the world's powers. They're like this global police force because they, they've come into the present day, they've seen the corruption and, and the the just the, the greed going on with humanity and they institute themselves as this police keeping force. They overtake New York City as their base of operations, which is kinda like DMZ. And um, have you ever heard of the Green Llama? Yes. Yes. He he I guess he has these plant-based elemental powers so they, they overtake New York City and it's, it just erupts with these plants and greenery and there's, there's, on the buildings there's literally plants enveloping all the buildings. So you, you have the heroes who just came out, don't know what's going on, and then you have a fraction of those heroes, ironically enough, the flag-based kind of patriotic heroes who immediately declare their allegiance to the president. Who unfortunately is corrupt? Oof. So you you see where this is going. There's no yeah, villains yeah. in this yet. It's hero versus hero, and yeah. uh, you have heroes like the American Crusader, the American Eagle, Super American, the Flag. All these cool Golden Age patriotic styled heroes. And I mean,
4: you should mention Vincent, uh, the reason that uh, they're using these characters is that they're in the public domain.
0: Right. Well, yeah. Which is cool. I mean,
4: no, that's what I'm saying like he's taking public domain superheroes and, and doing cool things with them. It's kind of sort of neat.
0: And did you notice, um, if you take a gander at any of the covers, mm-hmm. they've subtly set up their own little Project Superpowers Trinity. They have their Black Terror, which is like the Batman analog. Mm-hmm. They have Masquerade, a Wonder Woman kind of deal. Not, in, not similar in terms of power, but she's a woman. So they have a Trinity, and the third dude is the Death Defying Devil. So there's a Trinity now in the Project Superpowers. It's really cool. S- where was I? Oh, yeah. So the Black Terror takes a look around. His name's Bob, unfortunately, because every time they call him Bob, I immediately think uh, it, it evoke, evokes, no, evokes feelings of Osborne's lapdog. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, I'm trying to separate myself from that. But, so Bob, he embarks on this two-pronged attack. He storms the White House stay with us. to bring the uh, traitorious President West to justice. But President West has kidnapped his sidekick, Tim terror he made a promise to his sidekick that he would always keep him safe and well and so this dude kidnapped the, his 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 buddy and so he's on a mission to save him and bring america back to what he thinks it should be it's it's very cool it's a story of morality honor keeping promises uh, tradition there's one section where um he's being pursued by these patriotic heroes and he somehow, I won't ruin it, comes into contact with this vintage cutlass. And during a battle... Old cutlass, you mean? A pirate sword. Oh, oh big, a Big-ass cutlass, yeah. So he's fighting this uh, hero called Man of War, who has this flaming sword. And Man of War cuts the, the cutlass in half. And he's like, have you no respect for tradition? He got pissed off because he destroyed a vintage weapon like the guy is all about tradition and history and honor it's a really really good series so but it's the series is as much about all these other golden age heroes as it is about black terror because you get little character flourishes throughout the whole series on green llama and they do a little montage in the first issue hydro the owl the target samson fighting yank like I haven't seen these co- these characters in years and years. Some of them I have I've never seen at all. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the flame, and I remember Mister Face. He's a greenish vampire-looking dude. Ditko illustrated a lot of those face stories back in the day. And uh,
2: yeah, I, 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 this stuff is is it started to be collected yet?
0: Yeah, the uh, yeah. Death Defying yeah, Devil trade came out last week, I think, and the Project Superpowers, the first arc. That's in hardcover, right? Wood?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'll, pro- I'll probably start picking the stuff up in trade, and then uh, you know, hopefully get some sort of of reading order together because it's been it, it looks interesting. It just um, I don't know. Whenever it started coming out, I've, for to to take on new books, I just wasn't in the in the shape for it, you know, mentally right. or same know, here. wise, and it's just like now. It's it just kind of from the very beginning. It's like that might be something I'll, I'll pick up in, in trade. So it yeah. definitely sounds sounds oh. interesting, and and yeah. I'm not even re- revealing oh, all
0: of it because yeah. you know I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. The the battles there's some really ingenious twists which not only look great on paper but they set up the forthcoming second run of Project Superpowers. Mm-hmm. there's a, there's a new band of superheroes that are set up to police the Project Superpowers heroes. So they're doing what the Project Superpowers heroes are doing only for within their little, like internally, which is a nice little touch. And uh, obviously it's from Dynamite, so there are multiple covers for each issue. The first issue, I just picked it up off the shelf. I didn't even look who did it, but you may want to get a net handy because monkeys are flying out of my butt. Greg Land did the first cover, it's really nice. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a, a shot I'll of the you, Trinity.
2: I'll bet you it's nicer than the uh, the cover for the Captain Britain Annual. Mi-13 yeah, Annual I bet you. <laughs> I bet you it is.
0: I saw that today. I was like, no, no. But <sighs> it, it, it's Greg Land, but it's it's augmented by Vinicus painted it, and uh, the, another person, uh, Lystein or Lysten, did some work on it. So it's not 100% Greg Land, but it's really sharp. I I like it a lot, Greg Land. Nice job! Wow! But for the most,
4: just doesn't. I'm
0: telling you, fourth issue. Mm -hmm. There's a a montage of heroes. It's landscape format. Uh, drawn by Mike Lilly I, and it's really sharp the the hooters on masquerade oh i love this woman she's her 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 dress is slit all the way up to her waist on the side ooh talk about sexy but that's not why i'm reading it it's just damn good storytelling it's it's amazingly well done i i discounted it at first as just another cash in superhero tale uh uh-uh, uh it's very yeah. good
2: oh, no, there's a lot of thought and time that's that's gone into that and uh chicagoan uh, um, Doug Clauba has done some pretty amazing work in the in the first miniseries, I believe, and uh, and then obviously, you know, Alex Ross is he feels so so close to those those Golden Age characters and just has a reverence kind of what you're saying about the you know the the destroying the Cutlass. It's I, I think that's probably how Alex Ross feels about a lot of characters that he holds in high regard. That mm-hmm. you know, it's like. Why are you doing that to these characters? So I think this gives him a chance to, to pull some, some Golden Age characters and, and, and present them how he would like to. So.
7: Hi, Joe. John Patricia speaking. Uh, I know Joel Press has been in contact with you in terms of um, an exchange of items, uh, which he's, he's got from Chicago and I've got for him. Um, I wonder if you can uh, meet me uh, sometime at the ACSM meeting, uh, perhaps outside the exhibition hall at uh, lunchtime. If you can be outside the exhibition hall at lunchtime, I'm wearing a blue striped shirt um, and I can meet you there uh, at uh, about 12 o'clock outside the exhibition area if that suits you. Um, and otherwise, I'm in the Sheraton Hotel and I'm staying in room 1829, 1829 at the Sheraton thank you
0: and i'll be totally honest with you a lot of my fascination with this series came from the black terror's political views mirroring my own mm-hmm. he, you know he he came out of the urn saw the corruption and the greed and the the uh, death in the in the face of the almighty dollar and i got i got to admit i i agree with the dude so it's not exactly a feel good story but it's a it's a story about a dude fighting for what he thinks is right and mm. what he thinks is right is pretty much what I think is so yeah and and he is sort of the Batman of the Project Superpowers universe which is not a bad thing but he, he's not as uh not as morose or, or somber as uh Batman he he has a little bit of humor to him so that's cool but uh, it's I'll tell you it's fantastic, Pee-Wee. It's a great, great little series. I'm just going to keep picking the Superpower stuff up because I like it a lot.
4: I like, like, it a, lot. I like it a lot.
0: I do. And Mike Lilly's art, is it ranges from really loose and flowing to super tight, all depending on the, what the narrative demands. There are double-page spreads that are really nicely done, and then he'll have a panel or two where he just goes in and gives you just a, enough to, to flesh out the scene and lets the color do the rest. Sweet, sweet stuff. Sounds good. Yeah. One more thing, and then I'll let somebody else go. I know we pushed we push the piss out of Ghost Rider, but I reread 33, 34, and 35 over the weekend. <laughs> hmm And I have to say, and this is no hyperbole, I do love Ghost Rider. I've been reading it forever. Issue 33, without a doubt, is the finest single-issue Ghost Rider ever.
2: Is that the, the one with the trucker?
0: No, that's 30, no. 34. 33 gave you everything, everything oh, you yeah, need yeah, to yeah, know yeah. about Ghost Rider and the Spirits of Vengeance, who they are, why they do what they do, who instituted them, what they're fighting against, mm-hmm. um, how many were there, what kinds of Ghost Riders were there, what are the current Ghost Riders, everything you need to know the about future
1: the, riders. Yeah, the future uh, Ghost Rider.
0: Yeah, honest to God, everything you need to know about Ghost Rider was in issue 33. It yeah, was it unbelievably was well done.
2: Absolutely perfect. Uh, jumping on point. And have you read the the last issue that came out last week? Read them all. Did you read the letters column? Yes, I did. Did you see us mentioned?
0: <laughs> you bet I did. Why do, think, <laughs> why do you think I'm bringing this up? Yeah. Oh, okay. It, it was a I nice st- a nice little I tip stepped, of the hat. I
2: stepped on, stepped on you, didn't I? No, you didn't
0: step on me. We're buddies. Uh, no, <laughs> and, and to make matters even better... It, I think it's Tony Moore at the peak of his powers. The, oh, crea- yeah. the was, creative he peak.
1: It, yeah,
4: yeah. He was loving it. It, it and just all the while dealing with uh, seven uh, plagues fading <laughs> his home as he was drawing it, too.
0: <laughs> How ironic is it that the dude that penciled the majority of exterminators has a pest problem?
2: I am t- telling you if that is if, if that is comic book karma coming back on his ass, he's going to yeah. have some fucking demon truck rider riding up riding up his his ass on the <laughs> interstate. It's going to be it's going to be ugly. Uh, but, uh, and no, yeah, thanks, it, thanks to uh, uh Jonathan Conrad for um uh sending in a letter to uh to the folks at Ghost Rider which got printed and mentioned mentioned the shows. So, yeah.
0: And then you had issue 34 with the Highwayman, which was a fantastic issue. And in essence, a done-in-one, yeah. but, yeah. but connected to the rest of it. And then issue 35, you had a big-titty uh, Sailor Moon parody. <laughs> How could you not like that?
2: <laughs> it was hilarious. I was thinking about you the entire time, Vince.
0: Yeah, and the, the eyes were freaking me out. They were just way too big. I mean, I know that that was the deal, but I'd like, say, don't look at me. Dude, but, that
2: last page, whatever she's climbing back onto the boat. I was nice. Like, Man. Yeah, and, was, and, you know,
0: I usually don't buy into the 399 marvel miniseries they could charge well i won't say that no i will buy whatever miniseries continues this story i'm there
2: Mm -hmm. yeah because this this wrapped things up for a while right
0: um no no it continues in the um i hope it's in there but but it's heaven's on fire
2: it's not it's not until later um um august yeah yeah summer
0: well, I mean, but we still don't... The The trio is not together. Danny Ketch is not with Johnny Blaze yet. Oh, And that... <laughs> David, Oh, This is just so nice. It's so nicely done. That's
4: a good comment. No question about it. Yeah. Spe- uh, Vince, speaking of big-tittied bitches. All right. Oh.
0: I love big-titty bitches.
4: Well, it's been I can't reading Cherub again. <laughs> no, no. I can't believe you haven't talked about Herogasm yet.
0: I haven't. Regina, okay? <laughs>
4: wait a minute, time out, time out, time out didn't you always say that The Boys is the first book you get out of your pile and read?
0: I did say that and you are I love you for mentioning that but and this is something I'll talk about later on after you guys get a turn something supplanted The Boys straight out of my DCBS box I had no recourse but to read it it was so visually stunning, I had to read it so I, I put The Boys and Hero Gasm on hold to read this
4: Oh well okay, did did David or Chris have you have you read Hero Gasm yet?
2: No. Not yet. <laughs> I, I've I haven't read the boys since like issue eight.
4: Oh, okay. Well, alright, I won't talk about it. I'll wait till Vince has read it at least, but but let me just say that Man, I haven't <laughs> I haven't Regina or whatever the boys <laughs> since Re- issue eight. Okay.
0: Regina. If, Regina. If
4: there were ever a book <laughs> that was not meant for a person under the age of eighteen to ever see. It is this issue. I heard I've it's read pretty foul, comics, and I've read plenty of adult comics, <laughs> and I can say emphatically, including Triple X Zombies, which we we all know and love. I can say emphatically that this single issue is more not N- NSFW than any other comic book issue I've ever read. Oh,
0: I don't know. It's going to be hard to out Triple X Zombies.
2: Well, no, no, what was no no well, no, what, no. Uh, what was the one that uh, Eric Powell did? The um,
3: Oh, the uh,
0: Satan the, Sodomy the, the, Baby. Yeah, Satan Sodomy
2: yeah. Baby. I haven't read that, so I can't. That, I, oh, I, okay. have, I have a feeling.
3: <laughs> I have a feeling Herogasm is going to be even worse than it. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, because oh, I, yeah. I, I did.
2: James I did flip James through that. the Sodomy Baby, and...
0: it, there was a lot of dick in Satan Sodomy Baby. I was yeah, like, was. Eric, I mean, what are you the doing? The
2: name <laughs> of the book is called Satan Sodomy Baby.
0: Yeah, I know, but I don't need to see Bendy Rippy dippy, dripping dicks. Uh, I don't know. It was just like...
3: There's a lot yeah. of dicks. There's no there bad was, art.
0: There was, No, it's not bad. They were very nicely drawn dicks, but I
3: just don't... <laughs> well, you should know. It's your day job, yeah. That's right. Exactly. Uh, I draw dicks.
4: The, the, it's <laughs> a six-inch mini. It's, it's right out of the pages of the boys. It's six-inch mini, so um, I will say no one should be reading this if you don't read the boys because it's it, it literally picks off after issue 30 without any... Like precursor, it doesn't explain to you what you oh, missed. Oh, excellent! So you, yeah, so if you if you haven't read up to issue thirty, of boys, don't read this until you have. It's it's not. Um, I don't. You know, it's it pretty much should be like issue number thirty-two or whatever the boys. But um,
0: so but the, where we got to go now ends. This begins.
4: Right, where the Godelkin X Men whole thing. Right,
0: ends. right. That's the we got to go now.
4: Yep, thing. yep. Yeah. Um, and I I won't give. It's only first issue, so I'm sure it's going to go a lot uh, a lot of different places in this, but. And I'm not, but in the first few pages, I just got to tell you the cool, the cool part of the book is, you know, the boys. For those of you who don't read it, is pretty much a parody on a very uh, overt, over the top parody on the superhero world of the big two. Well, in this, the book starts off with the main protagonist, the Superman character, Vince. You know him from the, you know, the the boys. The he's sort of the boys' arch enemy. You know, he's doing a press conference, talking about how uh, he and all the other superheroes and even some of the supervillains of Earth are about to go off into space for an Undetermined amount of time to fight against this impending alien force to save the world, oh. and it references how we haven't seen them since they, they what they call the uh, I think like the hyper crisis, <laughs> and, and and then you know but not dissimilar to the beast, to the to the enemies that they fought in the uh, in the uh, you know the, the secret uh, uh, you know arsenal you know it's like they, it's play on words for all the events but basically it's 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 they're setting it up to be the event but. While the rest of, of, of humanity thinks that these guys are all off of Earth fighting to save the world, they're actually all squirreled away for a week's, uh, week of debauchery uh, on this private island, and they do this every year. So every year for the Marvel and DC event, it's actually all of the heroes going off to this island to do just the most debauched, disgusting things that they feel like doing for a week to blow off steam, and Aww. that's kind of where it picks up. It's pretty awesome. it's, it's, it's
0: really, it's, wouldn't you?
4: Oh, it's it's <laughs> I I started reading this on the on the uh, bus home today. <laughs> and, and, and I I I turned to page four and I, I literally had to close it up instantly and put it back in the book. It said, Oh my god, I hope no one saw what I just had on that page. So uh, that was pure th- sophomoric titillation. I mean, I, it's like when you, were, when you were a kid and you watched Porky's for the first time. That's really pretty much what it was like today. Oh,
0: so. See, now you're pushing me. i got to read it as soon as we're done. Oh, yeah. And
3: DC didn't want to keep publishing this, huh? Damn.
0: Silly. They're silly. You know the thing, that was the thing about Dark Knight Strikes Again with the whole <laughs> Superman, Wonder Woman thing. That would happen. I mean, if Lois was not in the picture, Superman would <laughs> be tapping <laughs> Wonder Woman every other you oh, know, every uh, minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like real life. Like the pro. Garth Ennis is the thing. See uh, that that just worked for me because that shit would happen. Uh,
3: gotta love yeah, him,
0: you, you can be a superhero, but I don't think those base instincts go uh, away right. just because right. you have all these powers.
3: Sure. Especially well, just if look you at you how see act, see right. people see him doing that.
4: Yeah, you know, or how uh, professional athletes act. You know, I mean, people confuse celebrities and professional athletes for being heroes or role models, and they're not. And in fact, because of the world of privilege and the amount of sycophants that that surround them they actually end up living lives in many times that are completely morally, you know, bankrupt because they yeah. can. <laughs> you know, so.
0: Right. And there's a reason why Sue stayed with Reed for all these years. It ain't yeah. because of the titillating conversation. Let me tell you.
4: I said the reason that that Reed <laughs> stayed with Sue for all these years is because of that badonkadonk Don butt she had. <laughs> That's right.
2: They don't call him Mr. Fantastic for nothing.
1: That's <laughs> right. Oh.
4: Hey, speaking Susie. of
2: um, speaking of Wonder Woman, yeah, um, I was reading The Incredible Hercules: Love and War as uh, the the trade that just came out mm-hmm. uh, last week, and about halfway through, it occurred to me that the the bad guy in that book was basically Marvel's version of Wonder Woman. Did you guys catch that? Vagina. I've read it, but I'm trying to think do turn your ears off because I know that you'll. Oh no, you'll I don't read, mind being but, spoiled. Uh, the the basically the the bad guy is uh, Princess uh, what was it? Uh, Atum is that A T U M A? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's Hippolyta's daughter, and they mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. reference her as being made from clay. Oh, yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, so it was yeah. She's uh she's an Amazonian um, conqueror, and she's. Basically, trying to take over the take over the world, and That's it's cute. it's yeah, it's it's Wonder Woman. It's just it's just the Marvel version of of Wonder Woman. Just you know, but both universes have their own versions of the you know Greek gods and the Norse mm-hmm. gods all that. But yeah, um, it was I, it was I just thought it was very a uh, very clever way that uh, that Marvel has basically Wonder Woman, but she's was a bad guy. So.
3: Uh, Wonder Man showed up in an early. Uh in an early issue of uh, Simone's Wonder Woman run. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's sitting on a couch and and he's wearing a suit and um, <laughs> he's got his <laughs> shades on. And I, I think he called himself Simon, but uh, but That's he mentioned how, how they uh, they they know each other and and, it, and it, there was a nod to the fami- to, to the similar names.
0: Did he have the dopey jacket on?
3: No, he, he was wearing. He had the uh, <laughs> like like a t shirt and a and a. And a and a suit, but don't 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 knock the red safari jacket, down. Oh.
0: I, if you're I, gonna I, if you're gonna wear yeah. the safari jacket, wear the pith helmet too. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't mess up the do on him. Come on. <laughs> but, uh, but so um, did um, Ryan? Oh. Has Ryan Stegman's stuff made yeah, it? Ryan,
2: yeah, it started. It, yep, started uh, last last week's issue mm-hmm. was was his first on art duties, and oh, I'm hoping so. Not in the trade it. that you.
3: And he's already he's already tweeting point. how he's he's done with it.
2: Yeah, Is three issues Yes. Oh, that's that's too bad. I was hoping it was going to have a, a nice... Long, actually, I hope that book continues to have a nice long run. I, I don't know what they're doing with, with that book and all the Hulk stuff. And, uh, David probably knows much better than I do. But, um, you know, talking about... Uh, uh, Captain Britain, my thirteen, rest in peace, and Guardians of the Galaxy, and and, and several of the other um, kind of second tier Marvel books that have been, you know, so much damn fun. Iron Fist, uh, Ghost Rider, uh, Incredible Hercules. You guys have talked about it and turned me on to it. If if you have not been reading that book, it is it is fun fun comics, and uh, Hercules is a. He's a great character, and Van Lenny and and Greg Pak have really done a nice job with that book, and yeah, no question about
4: it. Um, it's just a fun comic, you know. It's it's yeah. it's, it's doesn't take itself too seriously. Herc is a uh, player. Oh, he mm-hmm. is a pimp.
3: He <laughs> <has> <laughs> a, I, I, that, that goes back to the Bob Layton miniseries, though. Oh, oh yeah. yeah,
4: he's a pimp. It's he's banged out so many chicks in that in that run already, and uh, yet our boy Amadeus can't get any. Oh,
2: mm-hmm. uh, well, I know! I know! He was so close. Yeah. So I think close. It, it's, close.
0: it's the attitude, though. Come on! Yes. but it says a lot about what Van Lenti and Greg Pak have done with the character that he's—they've endeared themselves to Marvel readers to the point where they've injected them in Mighty Avengers. Now, I mean, yeah. that's a that's a pretty big selling book to take Hercules and Excello and just put them in Mighty Avengers. It's it's not. You know, a rag. Well, it is a ragtag team, but it's a it's a popular team. Oh yeah, yeah
2: definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I I the solo I I'm not reading any of the any of the event. I'm not for joining any of the uh, <laughs> Avengers books. I don't think we should tell them <laughs> how to
0: say it the right way. We'll just see how many different <laughs> takes on the word Chris can come up with. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> I, I love the. uh Yeah, I just I love the solo (laughs) book, and it surprises me. I didn't. I had absolutely no interest in that. Whenever they changed it from uh, Incredible Hulk to Incredible Herc, and uh, um, you know, unfortunately, I think the low points have been the uh, the World War Hulk issues and the and the Secret Invasion. I think you know whenever whenever it's free to not have to deal with the with the crossovers, it's been a really entertaining book. And I have Mm -hmm. to get caught up with what uh, Ryan. Uh, where he started because now we 're into some dark rain stuff so i 'm actually uh kind of interested because some of the dark rain stuff hasn 't been hasn 't been terrible like uh, uh, Thunderbolts has been a lot of fun, and I know there's a few others that have been that have been pretty cool. But now, you know, Hercules and what Miss Marvel and a few of the others seem like books that are just doomed to always be a part of whatever the the event, uh, the current event is. So it will, you know, float sales for the book. So you know, it, it's going to be tied up in dark rain here
6: for a little while. Hey guys. Tim from Manhattan, listening to you guys while I'm getting over a pretty bad hangover from last night. Really wish it if you'd keep it down a little bit. Help my splitting head. Thanks a lot. Uh, love the show. Keep up the great work. Listen every week. It's great. Thanks. Bye.
0: I think Marvel needs to tread very carefully with this whole commingling of these storylines into all of their books because I was paging through Mighty Avengers number 25 today, and I have to say, Steven Segovia, Segovia's mm-hmm. artwork is so beautiful, I almost bought it, but it was Avengers book, so I said, no, nah, I don't want to get into it, I'll buy the trade when it comes out, but someone shows up in the latter half of the book, I'll give you a little hint, he's red, and I was like, why do you have to start mixing this stuff together? But then, it wasn't really that person, so I'm just saying, I I don't understand why you have to have Spider-Man drawn into Dark Reign and all this Avengers stuff, and then you're bringing you know the 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 Mystic side into it with the search for Doctor Strange. It's just so many things that are yeah.
2: crossing you over. Remember, that you, you remember whenever it was special, whenever characters right, were and now it's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Vince, it, as
4: we know from from this week, because Marvel's trying to maximize their profits, my friend.
0: I know. I know. But but see doesn't that lick doesn't that dilute the 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 profits a little bit because you can't sell everything to everybody. And you're yes, I sir. think uh, <laughs> Well, I know I know they try, but wouldn't you think that it would backfire and you have people saying, "Well, I'm not going to read that. It it connects to this." I don't I don't want to get in.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, it reminds me for a little sport metaphor. It reminds me of the of the height of the steroid era in baseball and it's like when I was growing up, I remember when, when home runs were were special because they didn't happen every you know eight point four at bats, and you know it's kind of the same thing in comics. I remember whenever it was, it was really cool when um, Spider-Man would show up in the Fantastic Four because it didn't happen that often. And, Speaking
0: of the Fantastic Four, they show up in Mighty Avengers twenty five well, too. Of course
2: they do. Of course Ugh. They
0: do. I think so, it's a it's a yeah. crossover with with Fantastic Four.
2: Here we go. I mean, we're sitting with the, the 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 cranky old man cast again. So, uh, I know. You know it, I mean, but that's that's just that's just stuff in life. You know, if you had if you had a, you know a thirty dollar steak every night for dinner, it, it's gonna lose it's gonna lose its its appeal. It's gonna it's gonna right. lose how special it is. And you know, just tell good stories, and yeah, everyone loves to see the characters that you enjoy reading and the individual titles interact with, with other characters. It, I just like it whenever it's a little bit more special and, and, yeah. it, um, you know, it's, a. Uh, you guys read the, the fountainhead. Sure. Of course. Now, I'm all over the place now, you know, sports and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, but that, that, that's a line that, that will always stick with me is whenever, um, uh, the main character is is talking to his mentor, and the the mentor is is kind of gone into retirement and and uh, is is gone off to kind of you know ride off into the sunset and and live out the, his last few remaining years. And and the main character says, "Well, I'll I'll come you know I'll come and see you." And the mentor is like, "Yes, but but don't do it too often because it, it needs to be." Important whenever you come, and that's how you know these crossovers should be. Don't do it too often because if you do, it's not as important.
0: Right now, what do they have? Four Avengers titles now?
3: Well, they've had four for
2: a while. Okay, yeah,
0: that, is that not enough to, to have these little but cohesive yeah, stories?
2: They, they got, they got three Deadpool titles. They,
3: it, you gotta, it's one is one is one is Osborn's team. So you know he's got to use the name Avengers. One's the initiative. One is um, Mighty. One is new and, and, and the fourth is, is mighty, but new and mighty aren't they've gone down different directions since you know it's, it's not the golden blue team from X Men or, 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 or the Justice League and the strike force. It's it's just it's one is, is slot writing a group of heroes that are a team led by of all people Hank Pym and I can under there, there's a I can see why they'd be crossing over. Or, or the Fantastic Four—it's not even a crossover. I think more it's the Fantastic Four making an appearance. Is that uh, is is you know Reed needs to talk to Hank, or or Hank needs Reed's help for something? But um, I the, think it uh, is
0: is a not a crossover with Fantastic Four per se, not the book. But I think they're going to appear in the next issue too. It's like the, even the title of the story is fantastic something, fantastic fight or something.
3: There was a uh, the the slot word balloon interview. Apparently, slot had a few things set for this little team up, and uh, and some things had to get pushed back, and he had to lose a few things. So I'm, I think you are right, where it's going to be more than just a one issue appearance. Right. The, um, but it's. It, there is a Dark Reign connection to Mighty Avengers because of how, how this team came together. And I don't even, when I, when I read the book, I don't even look at the Dark Reign banner on the cover. Amazing Spider-Man, it's, I, I wish the banner wasn't on the current issues, but we've had over a year of, we've had a year and a half of Amazing Spider-Man being its own thing, and I'm not saying that, oh, we should be thankful we got that much, but we should, it's, though. it's, it's, Peter's main nemesis is pretty much in charge of the country. He's like the second, aside from the president, he's the second most powerful man in the world. So it's, 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 or at least in the country. So it's, it it would have to, it would almost, I, I don't want to say it'd be insulting, but it, he, he'd almost have to creep in. I mean, I'm, I know, I'm, glad, but when you- I'm glad we we didn't get, the Dark Reign banner during New Ways to Die, right?
0: But in, in in terms of story, yes, it does. It is appropriate for Spider-Man to cross over into Dark Reign. But they made Osborn the big bad for a reason, and and that has nothing to do with what should or could happen in the Marvel Universe. It was all monetary reasons. They want to get as much crossover as they possibly can. I, you know. Osborn? Who ever well, thought
3: Osborn would be the big bad? The guy should be dead for all... Should be you dead. Know, well, we, we can, well, we can thank Mark Miller for that. The, the uh,
2: I don't know if it was Mark Miller's idea. No?
3: No? He didn't, he didn't bring Norman back during the Marvel Knights Spider-Man run? Yeah. I,
2: was that, I you don't that, know, that's, that be, that's, exactly. that's become canon. That's when he came back.
0: <laughs> yeah, it,
2: it, just because he wrote it doesn't mean it was his decision. I, well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes these people do get asked to do things.
0: Not only did he come back, but he, he got some nice blonde tail in the process too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's,
3: but it's, oh yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, on one hand, it's, it's, it's the whole, uh, oh, well, they're just trying to, you know, bill for as much money as they can because oh my favorite hero is in this but it's it i'm i'm still i guess i'm still thinking back to the old days where you know if i read a comic and a character appears in a comic that i buy every month and i don't buy you know i don't buy miss marvel but here she is in in incredible hercules then you know i might now try out miss marvel so i mean yeah yeah, they want the characters to cross over because someone may Someone who follows that character is going to buy that book that they don't normally buy, but they might also get a new reader for the yeah. book that the person's starring in.
2: And there was how a very did, high did, rate. How did Marvel team up not survive a couple years ago? It didn't sell. It didn't sell. Well,
0: well everything's a Marvel team up now. Cro-
2: crossover. crossover <laughs> yeah, you don't need it. Obviously, crossover sell. You know, it's... I, I, I did. They, they strayed Maybe from the was,
3: formula. How is, is, is Brave and the Bold struggling? Uh, Brave, and the Brave and the Bold used to be Batman's team up book. DC Comics presents with Superman's team up book, and Marvel Marvel team up was Spidey with Spidey. Marvel two and one was the thing, and and yeah. and and Kirkman deviated from that Spider Man formula by having just just like Wade did with Brave and the Bold, he just had uh, two characters team up, and and there was assorted issues of Marvel team up that didn't feature Spider Man. Not they were uh, few and far between,
0: right? But not not many. But there was uh,
3: there was a nice Franklin Richards and Ant May.
0: Yes, and there was a couple of Human Torch issues, you know. But I mean, it was it wasn't always more often than not, yes. But it wasn't always Spider-Man. But even so, that's the formula is Spider-Man. But um, I think the problem with Marvel Team-Up was that Kirkman didn't pick from the 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 best resources he could. I mean, he had Moon Knight in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I'm going to buy that Moon Knight. And, great. A, and an evil Iron Man. Wow, who, who, who could see that coming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just I, I think this crossover stuff is burning me out. That, that, yes. That's why this, this superpower stuff, even though there is a lot of crossover, it's still pretty insular. You have this little superpower universe. You don't have to read a shitload of books to get up to snuff. Just one miniseries and a couple of little, small little miniseries. There you go. I understand why they're doing it. Kings. And
2: War of Kings.
0: Yeah, War of Kings. What? Yeah. Okay, seriously. I'm I'm getting that all in because 'cause I've seen the preview art and it's too good to, to buy in singles. I'm it's, buying the hardcovers.
2: It's 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 a it's a micro event, you know, okay. it's 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 big enough to be epic, but it's not so big to be, you know like take out a mortgage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, which is which is what
0: uh Blackest Night is turning out to be. Oh, uh, it is. It's gonna be yeah. an investment, man. I know.
4: Yeah, you know I'm what good. though I have to say, I, I think for once I'm not falling for it. Like I looked at the solicits and, and I, I I honestly think like the the Batman one looks like it's just gonna be um, I mean like, I'm I'm doubting that they're gonna have really that much significance to the overall story. Right. Like the Superman You're one right. seems to be about Pa Kent and the the Batman one seems to be about um who is the it? <laughs> no, no. It's, uh, I don't even think it is, though. Is it? Uh, uh,
0: I don't know, but I, I agree with you.
4: Clayton's one of about uh, Terra comes back. Terra, uh, right.
0: Oh, for Christ's yeah. sake. Yeah. So it's like, you know,
4: <laughs> so just, I'm, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not going to read any of these. I got faith that John's. I'm not going to need to know these things, read these things for me to get a hell of a story. And if, you know, over the course of. Of listening, to, you know, talking with you boys, and and going on our forums and hearing what other podcasts have to say. If anyone's like, "Holy shit, you gotta read," you know, the the Blackest Night Superman, then you know, I'll go pick it up. Right. Sure, you know.
0: But I think it's having the exact opposite reaction than what they are they have intended because it's pushing me away. It really is in the in the in the day of having to watch every penny you spend for comics because they're they're getting up there in price. If I can spend two hundred and ninety nine on something that I'm pretty much assured is not going to lead to me spending two ninety nine on something else just to get the whole story i'm I'm going do it I'm not going to spend the two ninety nine on on a piece of a big chunk.
7: Hello eleven o 'clock comics. This is I again. This is Marlon Brando. I am calling now for the second time after being on an episode previously. That is before the episode you are listening to now. I want to thank um, the people who emailed me to thank me for calling into the show and telling everybody how much I enjoyed 11 o'clock comics and the job that you boys do. And I also told you of many of the films I have been in in the past. And I got a lovely email from somebody called Alan. ...this week who reminded me about another film that I was in way back when. And as you know, I am a large fat man. So I got an email and my computer made a beep-beep noise. And I approached the keyboards, but because I am a large fat man... ...I had to use a large stick to log on to my computer. And once I had access my inbox, I read it. And it was saying, Marlon, you forgot that you were also in Superman the Movie back in the 70s. And that is true. I was in Superman, the movie, where I played a large fat man who wore a silver nightgown, kind of similar to my granny's, but made out of tinfoil. And I had an enormous white mullet haircut. And my job in that film was to send a tiny baby crashing and turtling towards the earth very, very fast in a huge spiky ball uh, and that is that is what I had. So that was the main part of my job in the film, of which I was only in the beginning of, because I got blown the fuck up by a planet. And also in the film, I had to um, kind of mess about with these things, and what happened was they were running a bit short at Warner Brothers, and they said, Marlon Brando, I know you've got an enormous chandelier collection, because you're a bit puffy. So if you could take one of them down because we need the parts for the set. You see, so uh, you might have seen me fucking about with like these these long glass crystals. That actually comes from my dining room. That right? that came from my from the ceiling of my dining room, and I had to put them into tubes. And one of them was green because I'd stuck it up my nose and. Uh, and yeah, they kind of made different tunes and that. But actually, that was a a light fitting, a feature in my living room. And uh, and the Warner Brothers were being a bit tight. But um, but yeah, that that was what I did in that movie. And I want to thank Alan for so, for emailing me and reminding me of what I did in that film. And the other thing I was happy about that film was I didn't have to work with Gene Ackman. I've never met him, but I hear he's a light cunt. That's about it, really. I'm uh, I'm Malambrando. Uh, love and kisses, Malambrando. Bye bye.
2: I'm excited about about Blackest Night a little bit, but I'm mm-hmm. more excited about DC's co-feature books and Wednesday Comics. So yeah. I'm probably looking more forward to those than Blackest Night. And I'm kind of with Vince. If Blackest Night was going to be a little bit. Uh, more focused a little bit more contained if it was if it was just the two green lantern titles and maybe two the two green lantern series and a mini series i would be jumping up and down excited about it right. and mm-hmm. it it, it's, it it really does seem like they're making it more than it needs to be
0: and it's a pattern that's repeating itself they they had something beautiful with Sinestro Corps War, Marvel had something uh, similar with Planet Hulk, and they have to suck all the fun out of it and make these huge company-wide events with with World War Hulk and now with Blackest Night. They're taking something that worked because of the fact that it was so easy to get into and self con- relatively self-contained, and now it's just spread out over the whole universe, and I'm not going to fall for it.
2: I think that the original vision of Secret Invasion was that that was going to be an Avengers storyline, and then they turned it into a big event. And I think that... I think Bendis had been sowing seeds for a long time, and I think that would have been like a Cree skrull esque event within Avengers, and I think it really kind of got effed over by becoming a big event. I I think Mm -hmm. it would have been a really really cool story if it had stayed inside of the bounds of of the Avengers and right. and I hope that Blackest Night isn't getting ready to make the same mistake by going outside of the, the Green Lantern books
0: but you really on the other hand you really can't blame them for doing it if you strike gold with Sinestro Core, the logical thing to do is to try and strike gold all over the place with a bigger story that brings in a lot more characters and a lot more books it's 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 business, is what it is, and they're just trying to make money. So I can't fault them for it. But on sure. the, on, on the flip side, I just I'm, I'm getting I'm just getting too old for it. I'm, I'm getting burned.
4: You're like Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. Getting too <laughs> old for this shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: this is
4: my uh, last event. I'm hanging so, it up. So um, so what, uh, I'm surprised. You know, we've uh, we have we've gone this long without talking about uh, the fact that uh, Rich Johnson owes uh, owes us a royalty check for. Uh, for helping launch his site uh, with a well, new
0: start, yeah, time. I didn't want to bring it up because I thought you were that was. Nah, kinda...
4: it's, I, I mean, it's it's what I mean. It's what's done is done now. I, I, as I told you, I didn't have an issue with it being out there. I had an issue with the way that the the one douchebag uh, tried to tried to. <laughs> call it journalism when you had like three facts wrong but, but uh i'm i took all credit to rich johnston and uh i mean it's been on the it's on it's it was in heidi mcdonald's the beat the other day it's on the front page of cbr so it's i mean
2: it, it's you, you 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 broke the story and what'd you get for it
4: no that's Jack. what i said
2: i know that's Jack. what i said
0: i said in the thread how many of these news sites would have known about this if jason an insider a guy who was there didn't bring it up Mm. Would this story have had the legs that it has? I don't know. I don't think so.
4: I, I mean, we're not. I, I, you know, we don't do this show, or at least I don't do this show to to break stories and be a journalist. I mean, no, I, I,
0: no, you're right. So but my I, point I, is, is, it
4: it had the desired effect. Right? I was at the conference. I got a chance to see Marvel present 98 goddamn percent of the time Marvel presents. All anybody wants to do is talk about, you know, who's going to get cast in the next film. Do they have a screenwriter yet? Are they in principal photography? Blah, 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 which is all fine. Look, I mean, that's the big business. We all know, you know, if uh, 20 times more people bought the Iron Man DVD than have ever read an Iron Man comic, I get that. But, uh, you know, as a guy who's been a fan of comic books and particularly Marvel for going on 30 years – uh, I just thought, wow, here's a chance to actually ask some questions about the publishing business, and I asked the, you know, the first two questions that came to mind, and, uh, you know, and, and yeah, it. I guess it's become a little bit of a story. What's funny to me is that the quote-unquote revelations, which I did call attention to, I find the, the more interesting aspect is not that he said it, but that so many fans didn't realize that that's the truth of things. Like, (laughs) the reason I ask the question question is because I've had many conversations, and we've talked about the business a lot, and I often get, not from our crew, but, like, from other... Uh, forums or other people that do other podcasts. I'll, I'll get some remarks from time to time like, oh, you know, you guys don't know about the business or, oh, it's just conjecture and, oh, who knows what they're really thinking. So I thought, okay, well, this is one time where I already know what they're thinking, but let's see if I can get them to be honest about what they're thinking. And to his credit, he was very honest about the fact that you don't raise a book from two ninety nine to three ninety nine because of base economics. you raise it because it's a nice round number and you think that we're addicted enough that we will continue to pay any price and he admitted as much that it's an inelastic it's you know he thinks demands wait, inelastic wait,
2: you mean they're 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 charging market value
4: well that's the real question see i mean that's but see of all of this I think what's gotten lost in it is and and unfortunately because of the forum i you know i i had to Seed the floor. I couldn't just keep asking questions. It wasn't a one-on-one. Um, you know, I am still unsure, and in fact, I, I probably am, am actually leaning toward it being a, a negative in the sense that uh, while I think they're doing they're doing the logical thing to maximize profits right now, I do believe wholeheartedly that this further accelerates the. What is already appearing to be inevitable, which is the degradation of the core readership, and I think they've come to the conclusion that that's the case, and they're just going to milk it until it's until it's there's nothing left to milk, which is well, uh, again disappointing to me in the sense that I do think they're being penny wise and pound foolish.
2: Well, uh, J- Jason, and and yeah. you you work in business, I mean the actual like financial side of things. I've worked corporate. I think we've sure. all worked corporate, you know, at one point or another. And if there's one thing that I've learned is that whenever you work for a corporation that has uh, shareholders, that has a board, they don't give two fucks what that company is going to make 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years from now. They care about what that company is going to make this year. Mm. Do you agree?
4: Um, I, I, I Yes and no. I mean, in the sense of really well-run companies don't always well, think that way. Yeah. Let's take...
2: There's about six well, of yeah, those. But-
4: Perfect example, um, you know, a company that David, you know, knows well from his, his line of work with Microsoft. You know, I mean, Microsoft for – and I don't want to get into some tangential discussion about, you know, pro-con Microsoft, but but Microsoft has made a lot of decisions in the last five to ten years to protect the long-term monopoly that they have. They could have absolutely done things in terms of lowering prices – uh, you know, giving away some of their core IP for free on the web, they could have done things that would have you know been perceived at the time to be, a lot of them have been faster growing you know sexier to have combated Google more, but they didn 't because they realized that ultimately the value of their company lies in the fact that they have you know fifty percent operating margins in a monopoly right so my point on that is is there are plenty of companies out there? I mean no one wants to listen to a Wall Street chat, but there are plenty of companies out there that actually do think both balance near term and long term. Um, especially because uh, you know not only shareholders, but, but most of the senior managements of these teams only are going to get filthy rich if they generate long-term value because their options are vested over five to 10-year periods. But yeah, to your point, Chris, though, I think right now they're focused on the fact that they have a movie business and a licensing business that make money hand over fist. They're trying to grow that they have the characters no matter what happens and i agree i think they they're viewing publishing as let's do what we can with it while we can because who knows what the future holds for any printed medium i think that's the issue
2: and the only thing that drives me a little crazy with it when i think that most fans i mean they're obviously going to um set prices at at the the maximum level they can and still sell the books at you know and 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 keep their and, and keep their profit margins what yeah. what drives me a little crazy is that Marvel in particular has turned into um, you know, an entertainment company. Why like you said it, whenever you're at these uh, at, at these meetings, that it's it's usually more of who's been cast or who's directing or or that kind. So, wouldn't it make sense long term to to drop the price in comics and develop more readers for the eventual payoff at the box office? I guess they don't look at it that way. Well, that's the. I mean, yeah. I,
4: yeah. I, assuming uh, had the story not broken, it was my intent to try and schedule a uh, you know an hour long session and just talk about publishing with the company. <laughs> Whether or not I'm going to get to do that now, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the question, right? Is are they doing everything? I mean, the other the other question I really wanted to ask but didn't get a chance to is you know, and we've talked about it on the show, but why don't you know we keep hearing about Iron Man and that if one percent. Of the people that bought the Iron Man DVD, went out and bought an Iron Man comic, sales would double. So what's the harm in having a one-minute intro or outro advertisement for Iron Man comic books on the DVD? Even if for some reason you don't want to put it in the movie theater, why can't when I turn on the DVD do I not get a thing about Iron Man comics? Right? I mean what's the harm in that? There's no cost. Right But yet they don't do it there's got to be a reason why they're not doing it. i mean they, they're certainly conscious of the fact that they they could do that. I'm sure it's I'm sure they're not listening to this going, holy shit, I never thought of that idea right so there's got to be a reason what's the reason you know why don't they do it in d c same thing why don't they do it? you know it's just there's got to be a reason that I don't know what it is.
0: What's up with um, that?
4: Curious, so, Vincent, David, what do you think? I mean, what, I guess you weren't surprised. Spoon, I mean, you guys weren't surprised by it, right?
0: I, I think three ninety nine a pop. They're going to have the diehards, of course, that are going to buy these things. But the majority of the people are going to seek entertainment elsewhere, whether it be in video games or traditional print or online uh, digital comics. They're going to lose a lot. But I have said that since day one, and I was wrong. You know so who knows what the, what do, i'm I'm not vested in this whole economic thing I just spend money on comics
2: It'd be interesting. It's, not a,
0: it's not an answer but
2: do, do you how do you feel about um, about the three ninety nine comics with the extra pages the thirty page uh, dc co features
0: um, I don't want them and I'm not buying them except for the titles that i've I've purchased for years and years and years like action I will continue to buy that I said i wasn't but I rethought my my stance on that. I will buy action, but th- I I dropped Booster Gold. I do not need to spend three dot three ninety nine on Booster Gold when I could spend three fifty on a Project Superpowers book and get the same kind of zing out of it. Or or yeah, buy or, or another
2: you, weren't you a big supporter of the um of the, the Blue Beetle comic whenever it was coming I, out? I
0: love Blue Beetle, yes. But I'm, now I'm here's
2: not. your chance to have a comic with Blue Beetle in it.
0: Great. If I wanted a comic with Blue Beetle, I would buy a title called Blue Beetle. I, I don't want to buy Booster Gold for a dollar extra and get eight to twelve pages of Blue Beetle. That's ten. I, pages. I, I, what? Okay, ten pages. I no, I, I'm not spending three ninety nine for a mainstream comic. It's not going to happen. And it's just it's it's that's my line in the sand. And I know this is going to twist your nuts, but if I'm going to spend three ninety nine for a 48 page comic from dc or marvel i will dump an extra three or four dollars and go buy a 200 page manga book
2: yeah hey i i can't i cannot disagree with that and that is man if i were a if i were a 14 year old kid or 12 year old kid and spending my lawnmower money on on comic books am i going to buy three comic books or am i going to buy okay, is it even three uh, two comic books or one manga hell yeah
0: the the uh, majority of the shonen jump books are 799 the, the okay, I, so think, a, I think i yeah. think the advanced ones are a little bit more but uh you you can go to borders tomorrow go buy a, a 200 page volume of again naruto and get 200 plus pages for eight bucks if you have a coupon you can get it for a lot less so it's like what do you do and uh, the, the kids don't seem to be adverse to black and white art they just want the story that's what really surprised me but
2: black and white uh, black and white comics don't sell
0: they do if they're manga <laughs> see, see that, that's what really surprised me about how manga took off the majority of it is in black and white and it was like these kids don't seem to care
2: they, that, don't, they, 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 they haven't been conditioned to read color comics
0: right that 's what it is I prefer black and white,
2: yeah you know, and see that's the funny thing for me is that it seems like there's been this movement in comics to uh, adopt some of the some of the styles of manga we've seen some artists that have you know American artists that have adopted more of a manga style or an influence uh, we've seen some of the um, even even white like I don't want to say writing styles but just kind of the the storytelling uh has has come into western comics what they haven't adopted what they haven't um taken from manga is what makes it appealing to to new generations of readers um I had you know what what is wrong with the idea of taking uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, which we now have what 130 issues, something like that.
0: 133.
2: 133. Yeah. What's wrong with taking that, resizing it to digest size, shit, print it in black and white, and get it put into the manga sections? It, There's nothing
0: and, wrong and, with that.
2: I mean, is is that, you know, what, why does why does stuff like that not happen? If you're trying to get new readers to to fall in love with Spider-Man. That's That was the whole idea with Ultimate Spider-Man. And they do, do the trades. It's like, you know, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to go to a bookstore and turn around and see that there's five times as much stock in manga out of borders as there is Western-style comics. Why not try and get on those shelves?
1: Yeah.
0: And I, I think it's an over-glamorization of the medium. We as Mainstream comic book buyers have been conditioned that the art is as important as the story, whereas the manga buyers realize that, you know, yes, they're reading a story that just happens to be drawn. But the, the most important thing to a lot of people that I've talked to is the story. You know, they, they don't read Naruto because it's drawn really well. They read it because the story really cool. And I, I think when when you have Ultimate Spider Man, which is visually a stunning book, and you, you you, you even the, the mere mention of, quote, dumbing it down in black and white and printing it, you know, on cheap paper, that would send a lot of the fans that we know, you know, you, you'd be having strokes all over the place because, oh, you yeah, just but don't not do sun, that.
2: Not, but not and then they have, they have the trades to buy. So go buy right. the trades. Right. But, it, it's but a, it's it's a, it's
0: a it is a different market. And another thing with manga, and, it's something that I appreciate. You don't have to buy. Yes, the series go on for 30 and 40 volumes. But if, if you are invested in that story, you don't have to buy another book to flesh out that story. It's completely self-contained. You don't need to buy New Avengers if you're reading this other book. You know, So that's another plus that the manga has. You, you buy a book, you, you get nothing but that story in that book. And if it branches out, it branches out within that narrative. It doesn't go to another volume. That's really important. I don't think that these these manga buyers would would accept something like that.
2: Well, and that's why I mean, I, I don't know. You you guys know a lot of the times my bullshit about manga, I'm just trying to get a rise out of uh, either of you guys or somebody on the, on the on the forum. <laughs> um, and people say, "Well, you know, manga is just Japanese for comics." And so, okay, yeah, that that's true and all, but there, there, there's a difference. You know, they are they are different for all the reasons that we've been saying. And, and Japanese comics are are different than Western style comics. And you don't have crossovers. You don't have. You know, as much as I was kind of railing on crossovers earlier about doing it too much. You know what? Doing it sometimes is is really cool and you don't get that in manga that's just one of the things that is different about it and you know it's it's just it's just not my thing and that's that's okay it doesn't have to be
0: the story is preeminent in manga what what you're buying is the story and in mainstream marvel and dc books you're buying a story but that's not often the 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 preeminent reason why people are buying these things no what do you what what do you right but what are you selling are you selling beautiful art? No, you're selling a story. You are selling beautiful art, but that's secondary what what the what should be the most important thing is I love this story i I want to see what happens i I love these characters. Where is this going? Entertain me but no that that's not the 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 main concern a lot with mainstream comics. It's like you know where is this going to go? What other book am I going to have to buy it's It's just a crazy way of doing business that
2: I mean, uh, it has manga doesn't deal with characters that have um, fifty years of history and continuity, mm-hmm. and that's once um, yeah, what, yeah. what 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 manga has uh, an iconic character with fifty years of continuity.
1: Ooh,
0: yeah, not many, but I'm sure there are some. Astro Boy. Not not fifty years, no. There, I don't think there's anything in moderns that's no, been well, going not, on in different sorry, forms. You know, that, yeah, that,
2: that's okay. that, that's 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 a diff- Once again, a difference between between the the, the two the two classifications of comics. You know, right. So I'll, I'll call them. So yeah, I mean, and they both have selling points to them. I mean, we're I all in one way or another. You know, all four of us, we're little continuity nerds. You know, we <laughs> love. We are.
0: Oh, I, I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> that that, that no. was a, a sigh of desperation because you're right.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I am a continuity nerd and I hate myself for it. I make little cuts in my leg every night because I'm a continuity I nerd. don't
3: hate myself for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fuck no.
5: Hey, 11 o'clock comics. Uh, Tom Morris here. Loved the show the past couple weeks but I got one little beef. I'm a little behind and I finally got caught up. Um, Chris... I don't know what you what your opinion of Havoc is, but he's been used a lot more than you think. I think you just haven't been reading him as much. He was a central character I mean he's been a central character in this whole Shiar stuff going on, but you know, St. Havoc's never been properly used. X Factor, when he ran he did that when he was in the X Men in the Claremont days in the Outback Extinction Agenda. I mean, Hell, uh, Havoc's always been a well-used character, at least in the past. Uh, I will say this, in the past, maybe six or seven years ago, he was kind of in the background. But, hey, that's not a big deal. You know, not every character gets uh, used all the time, unless you're, of course, Cyclops, and you get used to the point that it's ridiculous. But, anyway, I thought I'd call, give my, my two cents... Uh, Hope everyone will be listening soon to Marvel Noise. I'm about to start a big epic on uh, the history of Genosha, which I'm sure some of you will love to hear. Some of you won't won't be dying to hear. But uh, talk to you all later. Hey, 11 o'clock comics. It's uh, Tom Morris. I was calling uh, to uh, talk about a couple things real quick. Uh, One, I'd like to remind all all the... uh, Listeners, to uh, please check out Marvel.com website. Why? Because they're still taking votes for the uh, greatest top 100 greatest covers, and uh, I think that's actually a great one for us to vote on. Mostly because it is rewarding cover art and uh, the artists themselves. I voted uh, several times. I think you, if you register, you can vote at least once a week. So maybe uh, I voted uh, several times. Most of what I voted for, uh, which, by the way, i got to give credit for them, uh, for the archives that you can look at, I voted a lot for uh, uh Cabbage cover, especially those great New mutant ones. You know. The one I've consistently voted for is that Disturbing Demon Bear cover uh, uh, for the New Mutants back in the 80s. And I've also voted for some other ones, like uh, some Frank Miller cover, and some you know, Jay Lee covers, and some uh, Jim Lee covers. Uh, you know, of course, I always find the music. Not every, uh, an, you know, artist can draw a great cover. You know, some can draw great splash panels, but you know, cover itself is a uh, very difficult uh, medium. And I'd also, speaking of top 100s, uh, recently somebody posted on the forum a link to, I believe it was IGN's top 100 villains of all comic books, which I admit is quite, un, you know, quite daunting because there's quite a few arguments as to who or what. And, uh, you know, it's not a big deal to spoil it. Number one was Magneto. Number two was the Joker, which I, I can see the Joker being a little bit annoyed that Magneto has been ranked over him. But I guess there has been more Magneto stuff than there you know, in other mediums than there has been Joker. I don't. I, I-, I got to disagree with that one. But at the same time, I don't put Magneto even above, you know. Yeah, you know, they put the Joker and Magneto over guys like Doom Galactus, although I doubt, I don't believe he belongs in the list. You know, Ozymandias was in the top 20. I don't consider him that big, considering, you know, he's only in, you know, I mean, Watchmen is Watchmen, you know. But uh, the one thing that irked me was number 19 that had the Red Skull. And that's kind of where, I, you, know, I, you know, I posted before I believe the Red Skull is the greatest villain of the Marvel Universe because he's been around the longest. And more importantly, you know what? Nobody likes a Nazi. Doom has, you know, he's been, he's gotten in fights with Doom. He's got, you know, he's gotten, I mean, he's a Nazi. He's worse than Magneto. I mean, Magneto hates Nazis. Everyone hates the Red Skull. No one loves the Red Skull. No one. You know, only, I mean, him, him, him. the Red Skull is like the incarnate of evil. You know, Thanos is more popular, you know, has, the, you know, God, you know, most, most villains have the, you know, depending on who writes them, get their moment of, you know, where they, they do something good for the benefit of humanity. Red Skull done none of that. Even, you know, even uh, the Joker, if had a choice, you'd probably take out the Red Skull. No one likes the Red Skull. He's a total Nazi. I mean, the, the fact of the matter when it comes to the Red Skull... You know, he and the Joker would be, because the Joker is about chaos and the Red Skull is about total control. Like, there, like I said, there is no one worse in the Marvel U or in DCU than the Red Skull. Uh, Luther would take him out. I mean, seriously, there's not a single person I can think of that would, I mean, Dark Side might be the only person, or the only character that would uh, uh, that would like the Red Skull, but the re- he'd probably kill the Red Skull if <laughs> Uh, And actually, I do find it amusing that the Red Skull and, you know, the dark side was ranked below, you know, Doom and Magneto. And, you know, but, I don't know, like I said, for me, the Red Skull is a great, I mean, it's, you know, it's a great Kirby character. It's a great, just pure evil character. I mean, he really is the uh, definitive evil character. I mean, his background was he was personally trained by Hitler to be uh, at the point that Hitler was afraid of him. So you know, like I said, I'm going to make my argument that um, continue that of all the evil characters and of all comics, the Red Skull should be number one. Not Magneto, not even the Joker. The Joker uh, would be the only other one I would rank. A, you know, I would argue make the argument should be the number one one because you know, so, you know, Lex. Lex was uh, wisely said once in uh, at the end of Infinite Crisis. You know, you fit. You, your only mistake was you didn't let the Joker play. You know, the point is, the Joker is definitely, you know, the evil, you know, you know, chaos incarnate in uh, you know, DCU. But evil incarnate, like I said, really all comes back to the Red Skull. But uh, anyway, I'll see you all in the forum.
0: Yeah, how about you, David?
3: How about me what? Don't, what how where, about you? Do what do I... you
0: think? What's the deal? What, what's your stance on yeah, I
3: mean, all where, this? Where did you um, have any reaction to the... The- He's talking about
0: your boys, the big M.
3: Yeah, because you- we're going yeah. out for drinks after this, because I'm on their <laughs> payroll or something. They uh, <laughs> just happen to publish comic books I enjoy. I would not, I, I, I want the best value for my dollar. If, if I look at everything that's out there, like, mm-hmm. the best comic book I read within the past couple of weeks that wasn't from Marvel or DC was The Unknown by Bark Wade. Really? Thought that thought that was a fantastic first issue. The first well up until the last couple of pages. Cuz I was it's I'm I'm interested to see where the story goes, but I was kind of hoping it was going in a different direction based on this character. First of all, she's hot, but the uh and she's smart. <laughs> you sound like so, me now. So it's like it's uh, she, she she she's hot and smart, so like I don't get that enough at home. Now I got to read about it in the comic book. So she look the, at you the, giving your the, wife some props. The 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 character. Not. You I respect that. It's it was a great first issue, and I could see myself. It's a boom book, right? So it's three ninety nine. So it's I, I could see myself. And, I mean, thankfully, it's only a four issue miniseries. I can um, I can see myself spending the four bucks on that. Could I spend four bucks on the current new Avengers? No, not with art by Tan and Banning. Even even if it has Bacallo and and Townsend Doctor Strange art in it, the rest of the art in the book just appalls me. So I can't I, I can't spend the money on that. If it was if it had a backup, if if it was a new Avengers book with a Doctor Strange backup like DC's backup books, then I could I'd, I'd have to think about it. Could could extra pages? warrant... ultimately,
0: ultimately, you're getting. Even, at, even at, the, at the extreme for th- three ninety nine, I don't know what size the DC books are going to be. If, are they, you're, you're getting roughly 40 pages of entertainment for $4. For,
3: for $4.
0: 30 pages. Okay,
2: 30, yeah. 30, 30 pages, okay, and, 30, and, 30 and pages and for $4. Bucks. That, Unless you are really entertained by ads, which I am not.
0: But does it not pain you? And, and I know... Uh, we're getting on this manga kick, and I'm, I'm getting. I'm going to get away from it. But does it not pain you that you can get in your car, drive down to Borders, and get 400
3: pages of comics for five dollars? Does
0: that
2: not bother you? That's I it, don't, it, I it, don't it like those comics.
3: No, but it's, it's it's not even that I don't like it. It's I there's some there is some. I, I'll read manga. I'll read comics. Period. But it's it's like okay, so now I have now I have this big honking book. Of this of, of art and story, or I have a Spider-Man comic or a comic book featuring Luke Cage and Iron Fist and, and other characters I know that I like that I want to continue reading their story. Is that worth four bucks to me?
0: So you will pay a higher would, price it, per it, page based on characters that based,
3: have based on what I like. I'm okay. not saying I can't. I can't. I'm not saying I wouldn't like the manga, but it's not. Uh, I hmm. would buy. I would buy the manga. And, and I, I, I do have manga. I have, I'm I staring at some right now, but it all depends on what's going to uh,
0: right. what's be worth I think that Marvel and DC eventually will come to the realization that they're going to have to consolidate their titles and publish cost effective volumes if they yes. want to survive in the publishing industry. Well, it's well, going to come right? to that.
4: I mean, I think the other thing that was surprising was that he did come out and say if we spoke up enough, they would they would lower the price, uh-huh. which uh-huh. I think he was being honest, but <laughs> the thing is I also think he said that from a point of view that sitting there saying, but there's no way on earth you guys are ever going to do that.
2: It's not about speaking up. It's about it's about not opening up your wallet. It's about But he, he also
3: about has, to, right. he has to save, save face in front of the, this group of people, right? I mean, he's not going to he, – he's not – I don't want to say look weak, but he's not He's not going to say something that's going to just make the company look bad in front of investors or sure, people. That, yeah. So, I mean, that's... This isn't... These happen how often? Monthly? Oh, all the time. Okay. No,
4: I mean, it, it, yeah, there, I'd say Marvel does maybe... I, I mean, I'm just... It, I'd say between 10 and 15 of these a year because they go to different investment banks and do these kind of presentations.
3: Well... I mean, th- th- this one ended up getting play and... and because of honesty, I think. I just, yes, and, well, and it's right, and, and someone
4: that reads comics was there to ask a question about exactly, comics. Yes,
3: yeah, so yeah. we, we can thank Jason, and um, but I mean, you know, they've been going on for years. I mean, even back when Marvel first went public, and it's I, I don't, I mean, I think this was I don't want to say it was a slow news day. It, it was just one of those things that 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 did blow up, and and people, and it, it's it's. It was almost kind of like a perfect storm where it's happening. Where Jason was there, comics are going up to four dollars and 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 have been four dollars. But I mean, you know, the the two the big two are going to four dollars a pop, and and uh, and it's just it was a whole bunch of things, and 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 the economy is shit. So it was it was a whole lot of everything. This isn't this isn't a new discussion. It's just. No. This just but this.
0: Unfortunately, it's going to be a prevalent discussion. I know there are people that are really tired of hearing about this, but it will affect everyone.
3: Speaking of, I mean, re- real quick, since we did talk about alternate, or it was touched on, alternate means of of reading comics. I tweeted this this morning, and I was telling Vince about it the other day. I, I am now the owner of an iPhone, and. The, the first, I only bought, I've only purchased two apps for it. All the games I have for free, all the news and everything I have for free, but the only two apps I bought for it were Tweety and Comic Zeal. And what Comic Zeal does is it's, it's a comic book reader. So you have, you, you have the screen for the iPod, and, and it'll take a comic book page, and it'll go as, as wide or as long as the iPhone or iPod touch screen is but you double tap it and it zooms in so you can still read it. I am not saying that this is a replacement for my comic books. I'm not saying that this is the only way I'd read comic books. This is I love my paper books. As much as I think digital is is the future and 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 I would read my comics any way I could, I need I need my physical copies, but this will for for, for those that don't know when you know, people who say that they downloaded comics or they have a scan of a comic book; those are those are saved in CBR or CBZ format. What what ComicZ will do is convert it to a CBI, a proprietary CBI format, and and a uh, and a comic book that might be like twelve or thirteen megabytes is now like two.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And the detail is still there. It does. It's not. You know, it's an MP3 where it'll compress it. You might lose something, but the image is still there. The words are still there. Everything is just. Made smaller for the
2: do, for, do we, for do, the screen. I, I, I hate to butt in here, but do we really, I, I feel a little weird kind of giving step-by-step directions. On I'm the not, screen no, screen. No, <laughs> uh,
3: no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything about where they can go. Because okay. you can scan in your own comics. You can, you can take JPEGs of
2: your comics yeah.
0: and, and make yeah. your own. And, so and basically it's image ready for the iPhone.
3: And what's cool though is that this
0: app—this
2: isn't where you buy the heroin. This is just how you use it.
3: <laughs> I don't even—I don't even know if you could say that. This—I well, this, think
0: wasn't the format of some of the stuff on Wario, CBR, and CBZ.
3: Well, those were mostly PDFs. Oh, PDFs. But the, okay. But this—what what, I'm—what I'm getting at is, I don't even need to read new comic books because what—what Comic Seal does is it has links to old Golden Age. I have police comics starring Plastic Man on here. No I have old way. Com- yes, I have old Blue Beetle comics on Sweet. here. So I don't even need to read, you know, the latest Booster Gold or the latest Fantastic Four. I could still, you know, live back in the day. If actually, I'm I'm not ashamed to admit this because I know a lot of people have it. I have scans of Miracle Man because I don't have too many of the physical issues. Right. I have I have the first twenty four issues of Miracle Man on my iPhone. So I'm never going to be in a loss to read anything, but I mean, I'm not saying I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody to go out and that, because part we love this, we love this hobby. We love most of the creators and, and we're we're fans of their work and that no, there's no way I'm going to tell somebody to take anybody's money. Right. And,
0: and, but and, I'll tell you so. what, in, in most instances, every time I've downloaded something that I've enjoyed, I went out and bought the physical copy of it.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
0: that's the way to do it.
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: But to get back to what we were talking about before, if Marvel and DC did a uh, a digital format that I could read on a computer screen or or an iPhone or something, and charge, say, a buck a book or maybe a twenty dollars a month subscription fee, I would be in to that like Flynn. I would yeah. buy. I would buy their entire
3: line across the board for a buck a pop. Are you kidding if, me? Why not? If, if Marvel had it so that not only was it on the computer, but I could, you know, sign in. On the iPhone, I'd be more than happy to do that. I don't want to be locked in front of my computer right. to read a comic book. I, yeah, I like sitting. you out want on to the read bed. them in bed sometimes? Absolutely. You,
2: and and you, you just got a Kindle and that color, that as fast as things are moving, that full screen color e-reader is going to be on its way it's yeah we're not that far away and yeah i, I that's that's i think magazines will be delivered that way when I the uh that-
3: when when the amazon dx when the bigger version was announced mm-hmm. on twitter colleen Coover mentioned that you know she's thinking of a comic strip or, or a comic designed specifically for the kindle dx now, i'm not saying i want somebody to be proprietary or just work with that one format but i mean you already have people who are thinking about ways to use the new technology mm-hmm. and it's it's coming
2: yeah. oh absolutely absolutely i, I want that sucker color and watch out i love mark beatty to death he's a friend of mine he won't see me nearly as much
0: <laughs> i just want to talk about one comic before we sign off and this ties into what I was talking about Wood when he said, why didn't I read the Herogasm right out of the box? Oh, yeah. It's because of this thing. Well, Remember the jolt we got when we saw the first issue of Viking? Oh, well, yeah. That, oh, my God, look at the pre- presentation of this thing. It's something totally out of, against the norm. It was, in Viking's case, it was oversized. This is not oversized, but it still has that same electric shock that I got when I saw Viking. It's from a publishing company called Olympian Publishing. Oh. Conceived and created by Jeremy Bastain, or is it Bastian? Bastain?
2: Bastion. Bastion.
0: It, it's called Cursed Pirate Girl. Have you oh, seen yeah, this? Oh, I've been
2: hearing about this.
0: Chris, do you see seen this, right?
2: You know where? Look on the back of it. Where's Olympian Publishing from?
0: Um, Olympian Publishing is... I bet you it's in Chicago, the bastards. Uh, Olympian Publishing doesn't say.
2: They're from Chicago. Yeah, they're owned by a guy named Tom Ngovin. Uh, Tom's a great guy. Real good friends with John Centris. and um, like their, their, their friendship goes like way back. They've, they've been buddies for a real long time. They were an exhibitor at Windy City last year. They'll be back this year uh-huh. with a the booth. They do really nice, high-quality art books and art prints, as well as comics, including uh, Nocturnals, if you've read Nocturnals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's from Olympian, and uh, Jeremy Bastion is doing Cursed Pirate Girl from Olympian, and Jeremy is uh, a Michigander, and is very good friends with Katie Cook and one uh, David Peterson. Yes,
0: uh-huh. because David Peterson has a pinup in this issue.
2: And yeah, and uh, Jeremy will be at the Olympian publishing booth at Windy City Comic Con
0: nice but the the thing that immediately attracted my attention to this it's the cover is a a hard not not hard but it's a thick stock but the masthead the the title of the book is screen printed over uh, a blackish background it's it's screen printed in silver it it stands out amazingly well say that again there there's a masthead on the top Part of the book with uh, the 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 book has a nautical motif. So there's two there's two fish, and in in the middle of it, it's mostly black. And the title of the book is screen printed over that, Uh hand printed. Okay. uh, If they did it on a press, it simulates screen printing amazingly well because it's printed in a sort of metallic ink where. Based on how you hold it in the light, it pops. It's really nicely done. And and the the cover stock is like a, a recycled kind of a chip board. It's like a brownish stock. It's really sharp to look at. It's four ninety five. It's extra size. I think it's maybe forty eight pages. But in, in terms of the story, think Lewis Carroll mixed with Winsor McKay with a hint of uh, HP Lovecraft.
1: Totally. Yep, yes, wow. it
0: and and That's, and the art. I I like to think that I can kind of encapsulate the beauty of art in words. I'm not going to do this justice. This thing is gorgeous. I can see a little bit of again Windsor McKay in the art. A little bit of Troy Nixie. Are you familiar with Troy Nixie?
4: Can't say that I am. But worked
0: a lot with Oni. Did did a couple stories for Oni. Oni That's presents. Right and uh i albeit with a little bit more refined line, and I look at Jeremy bastian's art and I see uh tony millionaire the the guy that wow. does mackey's it's really super i don't know if it's the nautical theme of the book but there there's a, a scene with a a a galleon a pirate ship, and you you- i can't Tell you how intricate this 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 rendering is. It's unbelievable.
2: J- Jeremy's fantastic.
0: He is, and it has it has an old timey look to it, but it's it's very contemporary.
2: Yeah, I, I like the Windsor McKay comparisons. There's a yeah. of, there's a lot of that in there. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a really it's a really neat project, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited that he's actually going to have it uh, to sell this year at the con.
0: And the cool, another cool thing, he does things with panels where he'll inject maybe like he uses the panels as more than containers to hold the art there's uh obviously like i said a nautical theme so some panels will have a a crest at the top like a a coat of arms and then there's there's ropes like you would see on a ship that that intertwine within the panels and he works within those Uh, other other panels have um more nautical stuff there's sound effects that are actually Part of the the uh, composition that holds these images in place it 's really, really sharp. Mm-hmm. I, I could talk for an hour and you would not get the the, the weight of, of how just how beautiful this artwork is. architecture unbelievable there 's a city scene where you actually can see. What appears to be like miles of people milling around this this beautiful, beautifully rendered city uh, square, and and he, he actually goes in and just like it's not your faceless crowd. Each person has a distinct little personality. It's it's unbelievable. There is no hyperbole. This thing is exceptional. Get <laughs> it? It's four ninety five, but it's worth every penny. It, it's actually the story of two girls, a daughter of a this snobbish governor. Uh, her name's Apollonia, and the cursed pirate girl, and Apollonia, the, the, like the, yes, and the two the, the two girls meet somewhere uh, along the narrative, and the cursed pirate girl tells her story. She do was cursed,
4: or do they meet? They, they're, they're, they're little kids, little <laughs> oh, little oh, oh. kids. Sorry, like, sorry, I, I'm talking man. like
0: grade school kids. Oh my bad, <laughs> like <an> <laughs> So so it's it has a fairy tale aspect to it too. Okay. The, the Apollonia, it's her birthday, and her father's Planning this this huge blowout party uh, not to appease the child but because this dignitary has made uh, it known that he will attend the party so he's just doing it for political reasons but the, it's the girl's birthday so I think she's a little bit sick and tired of her father's uh, manipulation so he tells her don't associate with the riffraff in the town and he naturally the girl gravitates towards the cursed pirate girl who's interesting she she was cursed by a sea witch for killing her son and the son is this pig-headed ruffian with that like brandishes these two pistols and, and the girl kills him so the sea witch curses her forever which leads to the apollonia girl doing something at her birthday party with to- which totally offends the dignitary at the party. So the the governor sends a hitman out to kill the cursed pirate girl. And I'll leave it at that. There, it, the line between fantasy and reality is really blurred in this thing. It's gorgeous, beautiful. It, it's one of those works that you'll look at and, and think, this is this guy's masterstroke. And it's the first thing I've ever seen from him.
3: Wow.
2: That's old news, man. Really? really? My bad, my bad. I know, I've known about that book for like a year. Really? Oh well yeah I mean yeah, he was at he was at Wendy City last year with uh with basically kinda of like an ash can of it. And oh. uh, not not an ash can, but like you know, preview stuff on it. So I've been looking forward to it for a really long time and I think the first issue just came out a week or two ago. Yeah,
0: a week or two, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then there was there was a there was a primer issue that had come out about a month. Month and a half ago, in a Challengers, uh, Challengers comics here in Chicago, actually had a Cursed Pirate Girl launch party, which was uh, uh, one of the nights that we were recording at, at AC. So I wasn't able to go, but it was supposed to be uh, supposed to be a lot of fun. But Jeremy, Jeremy's a great guy, and um, uh, Olympian does some really nice, some really nice stuff. So you should, uh, yeah, check, check yeah. them out. But uh, it, yeah, um, so I've been looking forward to the series for a while. It,
0: it's a black and white book. And um, it's so detailed that that it, 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 some panels it, it, look like it, it,
2: it, it's a black and beige book. What the yeah. the the preview one? It was more of a it was more of a yellowed stock. Than, oh, than see,
0: a, I, this is white.
2: Is yours white? White? Okay. Yeah,
0: but I mean, some of the panels are so intricately detailed that th- there's one panel in particular of the governor sitting in this really ornate, extremely disgustingly ornate chair and you can stare at this panel for hours and just every little detail i mean he just doesn't draw a chair there's there's other things going on and there's like faces carved in the chair a lot of panels look like woodcuts Hmm. really i I love this book i've i've purchased all three issues because the name of the game is pre-ordering I've paid for all of them, and I'm so glad I did.
4: Another goddamn thing i got to buy now. That I didn't no, pre-order. Again,
0: it, like light of thy countenance, you will read this. I know your tastes. I know you appreciate fine art. This is gorgeous stuff.
4: Dude, I was thinking about that. I'm going to have to bring so much goddamn money to Windy City.
3: Well, you got it. Don't and worry luggage. About it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, can,
4: uh, I, can, I, can, I
2: can ship stuff
4: back for you. Yeah. Speaking of that, before we go, speaking of shipments, I ha- was out last night having a few drinks and some meals with uh Ron Richards from my fanboy, cool dude. Got home after having a fun night, pull up into the driveway, and there's a big ass box sitting on the kitchen counter waiting for me from a Mr. Christopher Neesman.
3: Oh, and I opened <laughs> Good, it up
4: and I knew one of the things that was gonna be in there was the Fables covers, the James Jean Fables covers book because I'm obsessed with James Jean right now and Chris was kind enough to find a copy for me cuz I couldn't find one at uh did you get it from Beatty Shop or where did you get it from
2: uh Challengers yeah uh-huh. I think Patrick had had over ordered that book by accident I think they ended up ordering like 42 copies or something <laughs> of that book and by the time I picked up your copy and my copy they were down to like nine so he's like wow I'm glad that we over ordered that
4: <laughs> okay so yeah so um so there was that but then also in there uh, was the Alien Legion trade of the Legion stuff that comes after the floppies that I just bought from my comic shop. So once I pour through those, Chris is gonna that gave me the trade to finish that run up. And then the big thing, which Chris has been alluding to on the uh, on the Twitter and the forums, is uh, he has been pestering me for to no end to start reading Superman. So Chris sent me a package in chronological order of reading order of Superman books, for starting with the Brainiac. Well, starting with the annual, then leading into the Brainiac series, and then going into the whole new Krypton arcs, uh, including the Jimmy Olsen special. So, Chris, thank you so much. Unbelievably generous of you, and very nice. And uh, I have. Well, we can save it for next week, and I'll probably read it all by then. But I, I read through the uh, up through the Brainiac stuff before the show, but uh, it's too good and too interesting to talk about right now. So. It's I'll, cool, I'll,
2: yeah, but thanks and, so much, and, man. And very and very the, cool yeah, of you. The, the annual. Well, you're very welcome. It's uh, I love sharing good comics. That that annual is the end of the uh, the uh, the last sun. Is that what the, is well, that, that what was the, the much
4: is? right now? That I was going to ask you. That annual, I, I assume, is the the long delayed conclusion to that. Right. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah. All the controversy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
2: And I mean, you can go back and like buy that hardcover. I didn't have all, all. I didn't. I don't think I had all of the pieces to that story. But mm-hmm. that. The resolution in that annual will give you everything that you need to know going into New Krypton with 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 a, with a couple characters. And that's an
0: that's an action annual, by the way. So yes, yeah,
4: yeah,
2: yeah, number eleven, I think, right? Yeah,
4: but so far, what I've read has been awesome. But I'll, I'll save that for next weekend.
0: Cool. All right, we're way over time.
4: All Hopefully, right. this was not the second suckiest episode we've ever done. No,
0: I don't think it's okay. going to happen. All right, once again get your books from DCBS, you'll save a whole bunch of money and they pack them expertly. You'll get them wh- at whatever frequency you desire, weekly, bi-weekly or monthly and they're good people. So check out DCBS
2: What's, what's the what's the web address?
0: DCBService.com DCBService one word dot com
2: I'm stepping right. all over you tonight Vance I'm so sorry. It's okay,
0: I'm loving it I like, I like tough love So in your so travels... Like while you're uh, perusing the racks at the comic shops, do yourself a favor and pick up "Cursed Pirate Girl." I'm going to be harping on this book for a while.
2: Nice. Um, pick up "The Mighty," which this week uh, started Chris Somni on he art. Is. He'll be he'll be Ooh, doing right. from issue uh, five through twelve. So you can probably go back and and pick up the uh, the first four issues. It is uh, a series from DC that is not being talked about a whole heck of a lot but is really really good so uh, run out grab the grab the first uh, four issues with uh, Peter Schneberg art which is nothing to sneeze at and then this week starts the Chris Somni art which will go through issue 12
4: nice um, read uh, two things one read Sergeant Fury and his howling command does one shot which came out last week. It's written by Jesse Alexander and it's got gorgeous art by John Paulion and lettering mm-hmm. by by Mr. John Workman. So, oh. uh, so tons old- of yeah, totally awesome. It's just a one shot, so you don't have to commit a lot. And then, please, please, please read GI Joe Origins because drumroll, please. It's just been recently announced that it is not going to be a limited series. It will be an
2: ongoing series. Oh. So keep reading that.
0: My poor wallet.
2: Mm-hmm. so Co- so Cobra is the only one that is not an ongoing Yeah, bummer that's my favorite one me too bummer. my origins rocks
3: uh, well I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Punisher because number 5 was awesome but I don't want to talk too much on that because I know Vince is waiting Uh, so I'll just say uh, read the unknown I'll go into more detail next week cool, cool. say
0: bye 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 bye. Bye bye. See, ya. See ya.